Good evening and welcome back to Beacon, our alien TTRPG live play here on QTime, sponsored by our good friends at Dimiplane. I'm going to go ahead and start this off by wishing everyone a very happy new year. I hope everyone is having a pleasant 2023 so far and you guys are staying warm and dry and safe out there right now. Everyone's healthy and chilling. Um, we are very excited to be back. Uh, it's been a long road getting from there to here um, after one week since we last played with me. Um, but now that we are here, uh, <laughs> now that now that uh, three of uh, four of us are here, um, we can go ahead and kick this off. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and thank uh, Plain right off the top so much for sponsoring Beacon for the entire season and thanking you all, Ox Crew and, and guests alike coming in and clicking on them links is definitely what has been getting us uh, noticed by, uh, in terms of success rate, has been getting us... Uh, going with uh, Demi Plain. So thank you so much. You guys helped uh, Streampunks get a second part of the sponsorship. Thank you so much. Um, I just realized as I am talking <laughs> that there actually might be a giveaway code that I forgot to talk to Jake about. So let me dig that up and uh, I'll do that when I hand things off here. But um, we'll go ahead and give that announcement out in just a minute. And there might be a giveaway code for a Colonial Marines operations manual. So uh, stay tuned for more information about that. Um, but welcome back, everybody. It's good to see everyone. Uh, before I pass things off, I just want to remind everyone to definitely check out the link that is going to be posted in chat to uh, review or go check out the Alien Demiplane Nexus, Demiplane Alien Nexus over on Demiplane. Uh, clicking that link is obviously a way to support the Streampunk, so if you like what you see, click it. Um, the only other update I have for you guys is you can look forward to seeing the Streampunk's website launch this month. It looks like that is getting ready to go up. So very excited about that. Stay tuned. Um, we're going to have some more information about that coming up soon, as well as uh, more information about other stuff. I feel like, Aliza, I feel like there's an announcement some somewhere. I'm feeling it in the air. So I'm just going to... Like maybe there's a... Maybe there's an announcement of some kind and I cannot... Okay. Yep. I cannot around. think of what it could relate to. <sighs> okay. Um, it's here. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. What I'm seeing is uh, this blob of ether. Uh, it's telling me that this Monday we have a cast announcement. Um, ah. We're going to find out who's in the cast on ah! Monday. Uh, a week from today. Yeah. And then the next day, uh, some of us in the cast will be appearing on 10 Forward, which is the weekly stream that Mike Fadum does over at Cryptic Studios. Okay. So you'll get to see some of the cast and hear us talk about the upcoming game. Yeah, so stay tuned, y'all. Um, before we do anything else, does anybody have any other announcements or stuff they'd like to announce? Stuff that they're up to. Yes. Stuff they're yes. doing. Yeah, what, Caitlin? What? Hi, I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. <laughs> I missed you. Um, uh, as usual, uh, you can check out Thin Places Radio, which is the 10 minutes or less tiny weird little audio drama show that i produce and edit uh great it's a, it's a great time it's like creepy and comforting and we take real voicemails so if you we actually are looking for new voicemails so if you check out uh, th at thin places radio on twitter there is a phone number that you can actually call and leave a voicemail or a, a for non-us callers there's like there's a, a link that you can just call in and leave us if you have a strange little story or unexplained phenomenon or just want to make something up and tell us about it we would love to hear from you um and if the host likes it she might write a little episode about it so um check that out uh otherwise i don't know it's too early in the year i don't have anything else going on right now mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> up 
I've got something here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of returns, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, uh, the podcast I do with my sibling, uh, is back. We have a new episode coming out this Wednesday uh, where we talk about uh, the K-pop group Luna. Uh, and, of course, we go into the OGL. Uh, fun fact, my sister is... Uh, pre-law studying law so uh, we, we're getting a really interesting look into uh, a law student's thoughts on the OGL uh, 1.1 so that should be fun uh, can't wait to show you guys on Wednesday That's it. internal screaming <laughs> for the captions uh, okay cool thanks Noir Anybody else have anything else they would like to announce before we jump into the... Yes, Sam. Yes, I have an announcement. Um, a pre-announcement because I don't think I have a scheduled release date for it. Uh, but in midst of all the Clear Skies Perseverance hype, did you know that I used to be a captain on a Clear Skies show once? Yes, it's true, and so I talk about it on a podcast, uh, Continuing Conversations, which is a Star Trek uh, Adventures podcast, um, and and we talk about what it means to be a captain, and uh, I get to blush monster people in absentia, so that's always fun. Um, thereafter, there will be future um, episodes about first officers, um, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm not in charge here. I here tonight. No. I just get to walk in and and do any of y'all know what I'm gonna say? You y'all y'all know. Plant <laughs> <Come> mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> that was great. It's too bad we couldn't have just been like kapla mother. <laughs> 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 All right. With that, let's go ahead and jump in to tonight's episode of Beacon. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to be picking up where we left off just before the holidays. As a quick recap, 
The crew of the Ilios was dispatched on their very first mission to HU-483, also known as Paxton's Reach, in the Lalande-4825 system. It was your first relief mission. The Ilios was the first vessel that the Beacon Foundation had fully operational and ready to make a cargo run. And if you remember correctly, when you first arrived at Beacon, everything was in shambles. It's been slowly getting put back together. Y'all were rushed out the door because Paxton's Reach was in bad, bad shape. And upon getting there, you uncovered conspiracy, alien life form, death, suffering, and hope. And when it was all done, you had recovered information about something called Project Dark Star. Project Dark Star also referenced somebody named General Mitya Sokolov. The first time you heard that name was spoken to you by an ex a, a extrasolar life form that apparently appeared out of nowhere, saving one of your crew members and threatening everyone around it before it mysteriously disappeared when it discovered its its prey was not where it was looking for it. Um, you also discovered that there seems to be some kind of connection to this Project Dark Star and a strange pathogen that corrupted and mutated innocent and not-so-innocent people on Paxton's Reach. But you also discovered a data pad in a downed UPP vessel that had top secret information that you have all discovered, not only indicating Project Darkstar, but the big reveal was Corporal Gemma Riley, who is supposedly dead, appears in one of the visual files on this data pad. Gemma Riley is, of course, somebody that uh, one of your crew members, the Ilios, knows and is acquainted with. <laughs> Um, you also uncovered evidence that Waylon Utani might have been trying to play its hand right to get any information it could off of what it was discovered at Paxton's Reach. Waylon Utani was clearly aware of what was going on and seemed to prioritize trying to secure whatever it was that the director at Paxton's Reach had uncovered. You managed to save the day. You got the power systems back up online. The creature left. You managed to get everything on lockdown. The situation with the director of Paxton's Reach kind of resolved itself. And once everything was in place, you managed to resupply the colony and leave it in a position where it could be able to help itself before flying back to Beacon. When you arrived back at Beacon Station is when you had a, wouldn't say confrontation, more like a confession from Director Varela, who revealed quite a lot to you all about why it was she actually took a huge risk and started the Beacon Foundation to begin with and also revealed that she was knowledgeable of a lot of the things that you have all encountered so far, particularly referring to Project Darkstar and this pathogen, perhaps, that has been out there. She seemed pretty familiar with it. But mostly what you've discovered is that she doesn't apparently know all of the intrinsic details, but just that she is out here because of the loss of her son. And that the entire operation of Beacon 
hinges upon secrecy. That the work that y'all are all doing out here and what you all uncovered needs to remain secret. Or it could be shut down quickly. Now, this is in the aftermath of the Colonial Protection Act, which the United Nations passed not too long at the that pretty much it was the it was a defining moment that led to the end of the frontier war which is where all these colonies out here on the frontiers of space were rising up in arms and rebelling against their corporate overlords which sounds great except for they were also kind of cannibalizing each other things got completely out of control and lawless and pretty soon colonies were staging raids against other colonies in order to survive on the frontier, having been cut off from their corporate sponsors and Earth. Colonial Marines got called in. Things got really bad. And it was resolved by the passage of the Colonial Protection Act, essentially giving the Colonial Marines the authority to lay the smackdown on corporations who were treating their people less than people. And now, major corporations have started to behave under threat of the Colonial Marines coming in and slapping them around a little bit. Weyland-Yutani, of course, being taken all these big hits is what led, is another catalyst to what led to Beacon launching. And that is why it is being stressed to you all that it needs to be kept secret. That Beacon could be shut down, that everything y'all are doing out here could be brought to an end because of the corruption that still lingers at the top. Now, when we left off, there were some big questions that were still in play that had not been answered. Obviously, Corporal Gemma and what that meant and what could be next for that. Because right now the trail is cold. All you have is the information that she might be out there somewhere, still alive. You also know that there is this Project Dark Star thing happening. But for the most part, everything has gone cold since Paxton's reach, and it's been very difficult to simply leave behind everything that happened there, which was a lot. The big thing that I want to ask now above table I'm directing this specifically at Elisa Pearl because Elisa Pearl is playing Martha who is an active duty colonial marine and Martha is here under orders and you have not been terribly secretive about why it is you are here Martha now not everybody necessarily needs to know what your activities are because frankly that's none of their damn business. If you're here under the authority of the Colonial Marines, they don't get to harass you about that. However, Director Varela has made a strong case that if anything gets back, that it could spell the end to Beacon. And while everybody else was left to ponder this, you were left in a much tighter position. Now, the game is going to pick up three months after that scene in Director Varela's office. So, before we do, I am curious, 
what Elisa thinks Martha would have done or has or has not done. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have made your decision. Three months is a long time, but out here on the fringes of space, where three months is a standard cycle of travel, you're still in the window. It's approaching that threshold where if you don't say something and it's discovered that you didn't say something, that's going to be bad. However, you're still in the window where if you did report something, all you get is a side eye for having not reporting it immediately. But Martha, I would say with each passing day that you did or did not report, but with each passing day, the stakes get a little bit higher. The question is, the question to, to put this in front of you, it's entirely possible, considering how contained this is, surely Waylon yutani is not going to be talking about it either, but it's entirely possible that if you say nothing, no one's going to miss it. It's entirely possible that if you say nothing, they have their ways of finding out. If it links back to you or not, there's so many variables in play. There's just not enough information. You, It's up to you if you've reported it back. And you don't have to if you don't want to, Lisa. If you don't want to answer publicly, do feel free to send me a private message of what Martha does. Okay. I believe last time I did in-game, in on-stream, establish mm -hmm. that I sent a message to my contact mm -hmm. you that did was like it was a heavily encrypted report and it said big big updates sending soon on paxton's reach and it's a mess that's all i said mm -hmm. i got a response back funny enough from what i remember i'm looking through my notes that re that response back didn't ask for more info it didn't say okay waiting for details it was like don't tell anyone or something like that from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Now that's my, that's my superior. So context, mm -hmm. that doesn't liberate you from reporting detail. Damn it. <laughs> it is expected for you to give a full report. <laughs> it is not, it is not for them to say, Hey, you should have done what was what well, that, which was standard. So, Got it. Yeah, so yeah, I, I just want to give you full context of that. <laughs> their their whole thing was damage control because of the frontier war and the sensitivity of something ugly going on. Right. So just giving Martha some context. What's funny is that Martha, when she got that message back saying, don't tell anyone contain this, mm -hmm. she wondered if they already knew what was happening on that planet. So I think... What Martha does is she will send a report of everything that happened on Paxson's Reach, because that's what I said I would send a report on. Okay. So you are going to report everything down to the Yaucha y'all encountered, even though you don't know that's what it's called. Just a mysterious, invisible alien being? Yes. Okay. But not anything that happened on our ship on the way back. I'm not okay. reporting that. Okay. Sounds good. All right. In which case? All right. That's kind of a middle ground. Kind of a middle ground. That's, that's in truth, Martha, that doesn't link Beacon to anything that's happened. Y'all were responding and helping people. So mm -hmm. 
I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, if you would please make me a Comtech check. And this, uh, you will get a, I think you have, I believe you have skills that'll help you encrypt here, don't you? Um, I have a software, basically, uh, skill, uh, tool. Right. But in terms of skills, just my ComTech. Okay. Super high. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I was going to say your ComTech, your ComTech skills pretty gnarly. Uh, okay. All right. So two, four. Oh, um, as you make this roll, I want to let our viewers know I informed the group before we went live that I am changing up the plot point uh, mechanic. So in the past, if uh, the players wanted to, they could pull from the pool of plot points given to us by our $50 level supporters, our mega, super, ultra, awesome, badass punks. Um, Y'all could pull from that from that pool and spending a plot point would allow you to count fives and sixes as successes. We have reverted that back to the original rule as written in the alien campaign, which is spending a plot point gets you a free automatic six to add to the roll. So it will basically be an automatic one success to any roll that you guys do. Uh, all right. So go ahead and make that. And okay. I'm going to roll two and tell me what you get. I rolled and I got two sixes. Okay. Uh, mother does not detect your encrypted message. Oh, I also get a plus one if this involved mother, and I, but I don't need it. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, any any outgoing communications mother is going to monitor, but you managed to slip that right past. Nice. Okay. Yep. Oh, I see. That's what mm -hmm. asking. Yeah, anytime you send any outgoing communications, you can encrypt it, and mother may or may not try to try to intercept that. Uh, more likely, Mother wouldn't try to decrypt. More likely, Mother would just log that an encrypted message was sent from Beacon. Mm -hmm. And flag it, basically. So she didn't flag it this time? No, because Martha is damn good at what she does. Piggybacking that single signal out into space and sending it back to the, uh, to the Marines. You get that out to command. All right, so three months. Um, month number, actually, let me, okay, hold on one sec, because now I've got to do that too. So let's see, month number, that's true. So two, four, six, uh, all righty. Smashing toys together here. Okay. Um, month number two, before we catch up to where the game, this session is going to begin. Month number two, Martha, you uh, receive a notice while you're waking up in your quarters, pulling the blankets off of you in bed, rubbing your face, splashing water in your face early morning hours, looking in the mirror in your quarters. Um, the ambient low hum of the great reactor at the bottom of the beacon station, always soothingly just buzzing in the background. You hear a ding coming up in your data pad indicating you've received a message. And it simply says, please report to Director Varela's office immediately. <laughs> Martha kind of chuckles like, okay. Mm. Guess this was bound to happen. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put on my 
uh, my like suit, flight suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're brushing your teeth and zipping it up you notice that behind this overlay message swiping it to the side you realize you've gotten a reply message from command from the brass acknowledging receipt of your message okay Uh okay so I'm gonna go make sure my pad is locked and I'm not gonna bring it with me okay Um, but I'm gonna go up to the palace office You stand outside Varela's door. You step off the elevator. Um, You see her door is open. The moment you kind of hit the chime, you hear from inside, Command! Stepping inside, just the door opens up. You step into this great office that you've seen her constantly updating, constantly revising, trying to make it a, a homey place, as it were. And... Upon entering, you see that great expansive window that's looking out over the quote-unquote shipyard, as they've called it, the parking lot, which is the area just outside in front of her window where a lot of the ships are docked or in orbit of Beacon Station. Um, Beacon, at this point, about two months in, there's been a lot more traffic coming through here, but it's mostly small craft and transport craft heading out to the frontier and whatnot. But you are getting a lot more non-station staff that are passing through here. When you enter into her office, you see that she is wearing a... She's come to adapt a kind of style. She's always wearing this very long, uh, very cozy-looking, like, coat, almost. Um, Y'all, help me with the name of this. It's almost like a a wool, uh, like, throwover, kind of, with sleeves. and it's it's kind of Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Drapes down to her knees. Uh... Beacon, like most space stations, anybody who lives in deep space like this, some folks do not acclimate to the constant ambient cold. Even with life support, it can get kind of chilly sometimes. Uh, when you walk into her office, you she 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 is her way of adapting to that has been bundling up. When you step inside, she looks like she's dressed kind of comfortably, but she does have a cigarette in her mouth, and she's looking at a data pad. When you step inside. Um, a cup of coffee is steaming on the coffee table in the center of the room. And there's two cups. One of them looks like it's been touched. One of them looks like it's untouched. And she just kind of points over at it. She says, come in for a sec. I'll be with you in just a moment. Okay. I come over and I sit down. She looks at you for a moment and just nods and finishes swiping it. She says, mother, send that message right away. You hear ding, kind of acknowledgement from mother. And Varela moves over to you and takes her cigarette and snubs it out. Sits across from you and crosses her legs and looks at you for a moment. You can see from the position of her shoulders, she's a little tense. And she looks at you and says, It's very uncomfortable to ask you up here to do this, but I need to speak with you about a possible issue we might be having on the station. Mother has monitored what seems to be unknown transmissions coming and going from Beacon Station. Now, this is not normally the kind of thing that I'd want to talk to you about, considering your employer, as it were. But the truth of the matter is, is if someone is sending transmissions out and mother cannot identify what 
they are or who are sending them, then it could be a problem for everyone. So I wanted to ask you if you wouldn't mind helping me with this and trying to uncover the nature of this strange transmissions that Mother has been detecting. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I'm paranoid. She leans forward and she says, frankly, I'm I'm a little concerned that someone on the station might be I'm I'm concerned that someone on the station might be sending I don't know who it is or what they know. I don't know what it is they're transmitting and it makes me very nervous for all of us. Frankly, it could be. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this with such a casual air, but the truth is it could be nothing more than industrial espionage, which I have to wonder why Beacon is not a competitor of any company. But the point is, considering what we got involved in, what you all know, it could be somebody who has found out what happened on Paxton's Reach, or it could be the very real possibility that Beacon has been infiltrated, perhaps by someone in the UPP. We have people coming through here all the time. I do not want to cause some kind of jam, log jam in... What am I trying to say? Martha, I don't want this to be a place where people do not feel welcome. I don't want this to be a place where I have to start checking everyone's ID and running background checks on everyone that comes through here every single time they stop for food or fuel. And that is creating a situation. Because there's a lot of different ways to take advantage of what we are doing out here. Baker has been telling me that we need to implement tighter security protocols, and I'm almost certain he is saying this because Mirani has been telling him how loose things are around here, that station security is a problem. And I want to get a lockdown on it. I want to listen to what my staff is telling me. I worked at a corporation where you couldn't piss without someone monitoring everything you were doing. I don't want that for Beacon. But we're on the frontiers and the things that we know already. I want to do this quietly. And I want to do it in a way that does not make people feel like Beacon can't be a place where they can come for haven or sanctuary. That we are not, we need to be a place that people can reach out to and not feel the scrutiny of the corporations behind us. Does this make sense to you? Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. So 
I am going to secretly ask you, would you be willing to take on the role of our computer security officer? I need someone to make sure that our transmissions are safe, that the information that is being passed through Beacon is safe. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, I can't spare you on the Ilios, so when you're not here, then I'm just shit out of luck. But if you could set something up for when you have to be away. Yeah, I can set up some protocols. Yeah. Can I ask, um, so these messages that you were seeing, were they just outgoing or also incoming? Well, I've only detected one in the past 48 hours that was incoming. Okay. Um... And encryption? Mother could not break encryption, but she's not designed to. Right. Did Mother try to decrypt it? No. Got it. Was... Okay. Well, I guess I can take a look at it as well. Um, Please. The file? Okay, yeah, the message. Yeah. Um, Does that mean you're going to give me access to Mother? Yes. Okay. You won't have full access. I hope you understand. Of course. But yeah. it doesn't mean that you won't eventually have full access. Right now, it's just me and Baker. That's. It will be important for anybody who is doing security here on the station to have as much access as possible. So, for now, I can give you access to the logs. Uh, to be clear, I don't have access to what the message was, just a log of when it was received here on Beacon. Got I don't it. know who received the message. Okay. I'll do my best to um, look into this particular message, but also just, you know, the security overall. Good. Well, before you go... I have another question to ask you. When we have meetings like this, just so that you and I are on the same page, can I expect you to report all of this to your commanding officer? Do you... um, Do you object to me sharing with anyone that we have this meeting? Do you want me to keep it? private? You see, she regards you for a moment with a little bit of surprise in her eyes. Before she reaches for another cigarette, and she says, Are you telling me that that's an option? Martha chuckles. Okay, listen, we're beating around the bush. We are. Yes, I will report that I have been given a new role on the station. I will have to I will report that. I, just so you know, I have not reported everything you told us last month. I'm happy to hear that. I I don't want to put you in a position where you have to choose. I know what that would be asking. 
Yeah, I, I can't promise that I won't report it in the future, but I feel like I need more information because right now it feels like a very, not only heavily classified situation, but also just really tenuous. And I just need more information about where we're going with this. Quick GM reminder. Did you all, how much does she know about the data you retrieved? Does she know anything about it? Because I don't recall you actually ever bringing that up to her. I don't think we did. I think we. I don't let think her, you did. I think we showed up thinking that she knew more mm -hmm. stuff, and then mm -hmm. she unloaded onto us, and that was kind right. of where that meeting different. ended. The okay. exact amount is unknowable because the conversation in which information was shared is no longer available to any of our memories. <laughs> That's so true. Just so it's. I seem to remember that nobody actually was like, by the way, we uncovered this data pad that unveils the blah, blah, blah. I, I unless, seem to... unless that was something that Isaac doesn't know that they shared, it never came with the meeting because the meeting went in a vastly different direction than we were expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So y'all don't know what Isaac shared and, okay, cool. Right. Also, this is fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, I forgot the also I was going to say. But that sounds right. Yeah, we okay. didn't share because she shared That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she hasn't but, hinted what she knows and if she knows anything. Right. So when I was saying to her, we didn't, I didn't report back on what, what she told us in this office. Mm -hmm. I meant what happened on the ship and her oh. reasons for starting this whole place and her son. None of that. I didn't report that. Stuff. So I do remember. I do remember now that Varela actually told you that she received the message that Isaac had sent because of a a protocol. So it's <laughs> safe to assume that she was told everything. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's well, safe to did, assume that we didn't say it in that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. did. She did because she confessed that she that that was a a protocol. Oh, you know what? We'll do that next. But um, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you, Isaac, about what's happening next. Um, I have. I have uh, the director sends Baker away. Isaac isn't compromised. It just wasn't supposed to happen this way. Isaac right. told the director everything. Right. Um, director knows yeah. everything. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, Which okay. isn't a yeah. compromise. Although when, I guess she also wouldn't know if she didn't know everything. The problem of induction true. in action. Quite true. What she, Quite yeah, true. What she told us is that Isaac told her everything. Um, we don't know what that is. She's been very tight-lipped ever since that meeting. And Martha, without even making an insight check, when it is brought up what happened on Paxton's... Y'all are kind of orbiting right now what happened on Paxton's Reach. And you can see she's a little nervous even talking about it like this. Hmm. Hmm. Um, do you? Well, I guess. Do you mind if I also just do a sweep of the station in terms of like. Listening devices, transmitters. If yeah. you can do it quietly, I would love that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that. Okay. I'll um give you a pay bonus moving forward. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I wouldn't tell your superiors about it. According to law, you're not supposed to be getting paid from me for anything. Well, in that case, ah, maybe it yeah. is best. But I'm good. What, yeah, don't. Why don't we just? Bonus. We'll say favors then. I'll owe you a favor. 
that you can call in. Fair? Fair. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your time. And um, I'll let Baker know we've had this conversation. He'll be in on the inside. But if you trust the crew of the Ilios to keep this between all of you, and I suspect you do, feel free to tell them, but express to them the need to keep this quiet. Will do. Do you mind if I just check your office right now? Might as well start somewhere. You see she looks around in the same manner of, like, somebody who is suddenly worried that maybe she left something out that she doesn't want somebody to see. Search she kind of glances around for, yeah, <laughs> she kind of glances around for a second and says, um, I think that should be fine. Go ahead. Okay. Proceed. Um, can I say that I brought my, oh, I said I left my pad, but I didn't mention my SSID. That's okay. You can I go probably... ahead and make a roll because I this is, this is a scene before we actually start the session the story oh, right. arc okay. session. So you can go ahead and just make the roll. Okay. So two for the SSID and then my comtech and running a check it's... in the quarters. Yeah. Okay. Just doing a sweep for any weird bugs listening. All right. One, two, three success. Three successes. Uh no. You don't detect anything in her office. No listening devices, nothing being... Uh, you do have the opportunity to, with three successes, you do have two stunts that you can spend. Oh, right. Um, mm -hmm. And this was a Comtech check, right? It was. Okay, so for a Comtech, you can actually... Uh, you don't You don't ever have to roll again to search her office. Oh, nice. You don't need to roll to overcome anything like that. You can do it in half the time. You can uncover new and unexpected information. Or it doesn't have to be unexpected, but new information. You can hide your tracks or you can show off. <laughs> Was the first one you said, I don't have to roll again, is that a stunt? or you're just That's saying... a stunt. Don't oh. need to overcome again. Yes, you can oh, say, yeah. I don't have to roll for this again. I will take that. Okay. And... You get one more. Um, sorry, I don't have that sheet up. Can you read the other three again? Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, you get. Uh, you can get a plus. Here's, for to a related role, you can get a plus one to a, another contact check to scan for listening devices. It doesn't have to be in the office either. It's just there's that one. There's don't you already did the don't need to overcome again. Uh, half the usual time, new slash unexpected information. Hide your tracks. You show off. Ooh, I'm tempted for the new <laughs> new unexpected. It's always the most tempting one. <laughs> but then there's also the rest of the if you're going to be doing this all over Beacon Station. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. That's the other one. The more practical. Mm -hmm. one. Well. Plus one. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm going to go for the more interesting thing. You are so predictable, Eliza Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> <Am> I? <laughs> um, going for the juice. Okay, so in that time of your scanning, what you learn is something kind of adjacent to what you were plotting to learn. Um, and it's kind of something you already knew because she had oh. revealed this already. But the USCSS Rasmussen, which is the other M-Class CM88H Bison transport ship that has been docked at the station at Beacon this whole time. If you remember, she told everybody that that ship was not operational and that it needed an overhaul. What she revealed to you is that it was, in fact, quite operational and that she was reserving it because it was a little bit faster 
and she needed it for a rapid response and b it had the ability to uh she was planning on using that ship to find out what happened to her son, essentially, is what you discovered. Mm-hmm. While you were searching the office, you come across some quick snapshot blueprints that she has open on a data pad as you're moving around, uh, scanning, glancing down and sort of like committing to memory what you're seeing. Um, the bison is indeed an updated version. It looks like it has been overhauled. It looks like it has a slightly faster FTL drive than what you guys are using. Um, and it looks like it has an upgraded mother system. It has a, a mother 8,000, which Whoa. is, which is actually a, which is the mother 8,000 is actually the standard, the modern day standard that most ships oh. use. Mm-hmm. So it is in the mother 8,000 is completely interactive develops. They, they can, they can develop their own personality quirks. They, they are also available to speak. They can talk to you. So you don't have to report directly into the mother station like you do on the Nostromo slash Helios. Uh, to interact so it's a much more advanced much more advanced ai hmm. but you can see that the rasmussen looks like it, just from a snapshot of looking at this data pad what you get is she had one good ship and she set that one aside mm-hmm. so wait is that the rasmussen or the bison or are they the same the bison is the class of ship oh got it got so it. it's like a galaxy class starship the uss enterprise mm-hmm. uh so the bison is the class of ship the rasmussen is the name Got it. It's okay. the same class as the Ilios. The Ilios is, or no, I'm sorry, it's a different class. The Ilios is a CM88G bison, so it's a little bit older, and it's designed for cargo hauling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the M class CM88H bison is designed for other things. Okay. But it's basically the same ship. It has the same layout and everything, just a different makeup. It has different blueprints, as it were, and how it's used. Yeah, but you see that it does put into context that the I will I will put this out there because it would occur to Martha and judge as you see fit, Martha. But for Hall, her altruism that she has discussed about wanting to protect Beacon, she didn't choose her fastest ship to be a relief supply ship. She set really? this one aside and gave you all the Ilios. So your instinct upon seeing that, and this is the new new information upon seeing it, is that you get the impression she's still not telling you everything. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I finish searching and I say, okay, well, we're all clear, but I will schedule regular sweeps. That is thunder y'all are hearing. Uh, just real quick, because we had a little bit of a flicker. Uh, if I lose power and cut out, I will be as back as soon as possible. Because <laughs> we know, had a I little bit of the thunder too, mm-hmm. but I think I heard it through both. So I was like, the <laughs> stereo. Yes, we're having a thunderstorm. Right I thought now. someone was moving trash cans. No, nope. yeah, ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, dun dun dun. Um, yeah, li- I saw a little bit of a power flicker there. So we'll, s- we'll hope for the best. Um, all right. So this is the encounter you have with the director during this time. Okay. Um, one other check-in. During this time, when I last left off with Beacon, it was up in the air because Isaac had been given some options. And I wanted to check in with Isaac because as we hit the three-month mark, I'd like to figure out what Isaac's been up to. Did the director follow up on that? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, she was being sincere. And whom did she propose to direct that extremely illegal operation? It sounds like the kind of uh, yes. thing that is a very nice offer, but in practice. Especially because it can make Beacon liable, particularly if you decide to pull a David. Um, that it could it could be a big, big problem. And but... our best com tech is Martha. And that somehow doesn't seem like the option that she would want to opt for. So the the choice is, well, Kaya Jackson-Clark is perfectly serviceable as a technician, but whether she wants a subpar operation done, she... or whether she would want to trust a colonial marine, or whether perhaps this was a rash, impetuous offer on her part. No, you get the impression from the dynamics of people and personality types on the station that director Camilla Vivella probably does not have her finger on the pulse of how her staff is getting along. And so when you were referred to Amelia LaRoche, she had no idea. Oh, sorry. I meant Kaya, the technician. Mm -hmm. Kaya, the technician is the one that normally works on you. Wait. So she, to, no, no, not, not to her, no. She referred you to Amelia LaRoche. For this? Apparently. No. I. So when you walk into, (laughs) so for this, we'll say it's, it's, it's late in the watch as it were for beacon which is when you would have been told isaac to report to have this done because less people around less of problems reporting down to uh b deck because b deck is where you're going to find the workshop near the colonial marshal's office when you walk into the office in the late hours of station time when most of the senior staff is asleep and when it's only maintenance crews and whatnot moving about monitoring and caring for the station. You enter into the workshop area on B-Deck expecting to see Kea, But you see Amelia instead. Sitting on a desk. Also smoking a cigarette. Looks like she's got her feet on a chair in front of her. And a couple of tools laid out for the side. And she looks up at you and the two of you make eye contact. She doesn't say anything to you. I apologize. I think I'm in the wrong place. You're in the right place. You're here to have your brain work done, huh? She sets down the data pad, pulls a cigarette out of her mouth. I didn't know that you had expertise in that field. Varela knows a little bit about my background. She knows some of the things that I was into before I got involved with Beacon. It's probably why she sent you to me. Into? She looks at you just studying you for a moment, Isaac, and almost just ignores your question and says, so she wants me to unshackle you. I wonder who the first person you kill is when you have a mood swing. Probably me, right? 
I'm the only one that sees you for what you are. Plastic person. She hops down off the desk, strides up to you and looks you over. Says, One synthetic too many on this station. And I'm the one whose capacity for violence you fear. Yeah, yeah. All I know, humans, predictable, manageable. Synthetics? Unpredictable. Unshackled, unmanageable. I would have thought our workings are much more deterministic than yours. She sits down in the chair, says, Well, let's get started, shall we? Why are you doing this then? Just sit down. Please don't hurt me. Oh, Isaac. If I decide to fuck you over right now, I promise it's not going to hurt. You'll just not wake up. Just like a real human. Thank you. She rolls out tools. They fold out. She pulls out a chair. Scoots it in front of you. She stands up and takes what looks like a cutting device. Resembles something of a scalpel to gain access. You hear her footsteps as she walks around behind you. This feels very wrong. Not out loud, just... (laughs) And, Isaac, you feel like a barber pushing your head down to get a better angle at the cut. You... angles your head down and that's the last thing you remember I'm gonna make some rolls now okay androids don't feel stress I've never been more prepared to throw hands If I felt fear, I would have run screaming from that room, but I don't, so I didn't. Fear can be adaptive. Let's find out if we're about to see why. All right. Isaac, you blink. You're sitting in the chair. 
It looks like you were strapped to the chair. It doesn't look like there are restraints that are designed to like keep you from breaking free. It looks like they were designed to just keep you up in the back of the chair. Um, but that's not the good thing. Uh, the, the good thing is, is that as you blink and look forward, you are staring into the eyes of Kea, who is holding your cheeks and is looking at you going, Hey, are you with me? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. How are you feeling? I feel fine. Am I not fine? Uh, make an observation check. New year, definitely new obs check, right? Everything <laughs> will be very different. Let's find out. One success. One success. Happy 2023. Um, Kapla. <laughs> you say, I I'm fine. Would I not be fine? It, Isaac, as you glance about, you notice that the workshop looks like it's in shambles. You see an overturned chair. You see a couple of tools on the ground. Um, one of the lighting fixtures looks like there's a broken bulb that's, that is cracked and split on the ground, which those are not made of glass. So something must have stepped on it or knocked it over pretty hard. Um, but the other thing you notice is there's a big welt on the side of her face as she's looking at you. What happened? You were asleep. And uh, I came in here to wake you up. Am I inferring correctly? What? The door opens. You hear it. She kind of stiffens up, stepping into the room behind you guys as the door, this big, thick locker like door comes swinging open. You see Ashley Marani stepping into the room with her hand on her gun. It hasn't been unholstered, but she is alert when she steps in. Behind her is Amelia LaRoche. And you can vaguely hear LaRoche say, there she is right there. And Kea raises her hands. LaRoche says, Kea? I scooch and I, I just very slightly start to interpose my body between her and uh, Mirani. She pulls her pistol, points it, and says, hold it right there, Isaac. Don't move, okay? Mirani just points it in your direction, Isaac. Okay. What's going on? You ask that question... And immediately, Kea steps forward and says, this is my fault. I did this. She steps forward and LaRoche says something to Marani. Marani reacts and says, shut the fuck up. And says, Isaac. Kea. What's going on? Kea says, I can explain everything if you're just going to listen to me. Isaac doesn't know anything that's happening right now. Isaac just woke up. Okay. LaRoche, do me a favor. Get in here in front of me. I'm not going into that room. Yes, you are. Get in here. I need to talk to everybody. LaRoche reluctantly steps into the room, and Marani closes the door. 
and slowly lowers the gun and puts it back in the holster. And LaRoche says, this is ridiculous. I told you what happened. And Kaya goes, I can tell you my side of what happened. And when she says that, Amelia just starts spewing French, just like, just starts erupting from her mouth. She goes off into these swearing insults, accusations, and tell Marani finally says, shut up. Everyone, calm the fuck down. I'm asking the questions. No one speaks until I speak. All right, Isaac, you don't know what the hell is going on here. So, Kaya, what the hell is happening? I came in here in the middle of the night, and LaRoche was working on Isaac. Because the station director told me to. Shut up. Kaya, what's going on? I was watching LaRoche work on Isaac, and I saw LaRoche accessing Isaac's higher functions. And I started asking questions. She started telling me to get the hell out. I began to realize what she was doing. And so I hit her. LaRoche just says, the bitch attacked me. I was in the middle of doing a surgery. Okay, hold up. So you were repairing Isaac? And you attacked? What the hell? It's not like that, Kaya says. No, 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 it's not like that. LaRoche wasn't repairing Isaac. LaRoche was... It's difficult to explain. Technically, LaRoche was changing Isaac. Was trying to alter Isaac. Isaac, what do you have to say about all this? Marani looks at you. I wasn't aware during any of this. I can't corroborate any altercation that happened. But you came down here. I doubt LaRoche would have been able to convince you to tie yourself up to the chair. So what is this? They have a sort of processing to their face. Um, Isaac, you realize you don't feel the impulse to be completely honest like you normally do. The instinct to blurt out everything that happened does not arise within you. And in fact, you find yourself surprised at your own hesitation. It's a new sensation for you. Like Supervisor LaRoche said, it was under orders from the director. I'm sure if anyone were authorized to find out about the details, the director would share. Marani glances up and stares at Kea, and Kea just goes, Oh, shit. Um, and Laroche says, Yeah, oh, shit. And Marani says, Laroche? And she says, You're damn right. I know what you're going to ask me. Yes, I'm pressing charges. And 
Marani turns and looks back at Kay and says, The brig is about 70 feet away from us. You can walk there or I can cuff you. This isn't her fault. It, 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 Clearly it, someone disagrees with you. Yeah, you're um, both looking at me. <laughs> with that, with those eyes. Come on, come on. Um, you don't seem to be listened to as Marani moves over and Kea meets her halfway with her head lowered and turns around and is led to the door. Doesn't put her in cuffs, but Marani leads her up and says, I don't need to know anything else. Finish up your business here. Isaac, whatever you're doing, it's none of my business unless it's being reported. Otherwise, LaRoche, untie Isaac and get them back to duty and clean this place up. One of you. In... Kaya glances back over her shoulder, worried look at you, Isaac, as she is led out of the room. I'll fix this. She just goes, I'm sorry, as she's pushed out the door. LaRoche goes over and starts untying you. And says, wait, and moves over, and you feel some, like, pushing sensation on your head. And a some tape, cut, bandage. Something is being wrapped around a cut spot on the back of your neck. There. You reach up and you feel the spot where the incision was. You feel a little bit of your blood and um, and then the sort of like a, a patch. You also see there is a couple of data pads that have been laying out to the side that are showing you a looks like a diagnostic read of your systems. Still active. I'll lean over and start to take a look at those. I this one. She hands you the one that's laying underneath. Says, "That's the one that was active." You can look over everything I did to you. You have every reason not to trust me because I think you're a fucking menace. Now get out. Take the pad with you. I'm sorry. Humans were less predictable than you thought. Get the fuck out. You see her rage as you say this to her. She wipes a little bit of spittle off the side of her mouth. Well, I'll leave her to clean it up then. You Just step out. order, but I need to go up the elevator to direct her right away. To summarize your encounter with the director, when you tell the director what's going on, the director informs you with some remorse Isaac, deactivating that needs to be a secret. So Kaya will sit in the brig, but I'll make sure that nothing more comes of it than that. She was just protecting me. I know. I know. Don't worry. I'll make this up to Kaya, but she can't know what's happened. No one but you and LaRoche and your crew know. Okay? Nobody else knows. We'll make it Do up to her later. On <laughs> you see a smirk come across Varela's face and go, I wouldn't call it blackmail. I would call it a get out of jail free card. LaRoche is somebody who has technical skills that are unique. She works for me. 
instead of working in a prison where she belongs. out as soon as you can. Thank you. She nods. And thank you. I trust you, Isaac. A lot of us do. Don't listen to LaRoche. Mr. Impressive. And I leave. The cat looks at you with its eyes half open, just a swish of the tail. You can't tell if it's adoration or total indifference to your existence, as cats go. <laughs> Is heart sick a thing I feel now? Well, it's not that you have emotions that you didn't have before. You have choices didn't have before things impulses that never would have occurred to you that never never would have been an option you would never have considered the possibility of lying to someone you would never have considered the possibility of standing up to LaRoche but there is this for lack of a better way of saying it this you no longer have this impulse of compliance instead you have all these curious new questions. What if I don't want to do that? I'm going to go see the doctor. All right. So why don't we do this to catch us up? In the months that have passed on Beacon, these are some of the things that have unwound. And it's also worth noting that you have all begun to settle into the routine of being on the station and leaving the station for uh, relief runs and coming back. In the three months that pass, nine missions, only nine in three months. And that's not Helios, that's all of the ships that are operating here on Beacon. Nine missions total. The Ilios, the Koi, and the Fuente are all up and running now. They all have their own captains and crew, and they are all coming and going all of the time. The Rasmussen is still being kept in dock. Rumors have started to uh, gather around on the station between station staff that a restaurant might be opening within the next six months on the concourse. The inn that is located on C Deck Main Concourse is also apparently being considered for lease by a few companies. It's got a space out here and enough traffic is passing through Beacon that somebody might want to get in on that. Um, the garden on D Deck Life Support has finally received a shipment of fresh soil and seeds from multiple worlds. And by popular demand, the gym has opened on C Deck. And the neighboring Galleria has been converted into a basketball court which was a passion project brought on by a lot of the station staff. A lot of people working in their off hours to convert that gallery, smash down walls, basically uh, clear out the space, open it up and 
install the basketball court. Uh, however, it took a full month and a half to actually get a basketball, sadly. Um, nine colonies have been aided so far. The Elios has had a few runs since Paxton's Reach. Y'all have gone out a couple of times. And nothing like Paxton's Reach has happened since. They've all been milk runs. They've all been delivering and helping people. Uh, you guys have run into a couple of situations where uh, you were able to make a real difference in supplying colonies with much-needed supplies. A few of the colonies are actually on their way to other colonies. You've come across at least two that are actually closing operations and are shipping people to a neighboring colony because there's just the colony's just being abandoned. Either because the wear and tear, destruction, anything that was left behind, it's just not enough to continue. And so other colonies are inviting them to come join theirs, essentially. And y'all have been a part of those efforts as well. Uh, Paxton's Reach has checked in in the past three months. And what you have all heard from Director Varela is that the colony does seem to be recovering very slowly, but it is on the course of recovery. Bringing us up to date, three months passing of you all getting familiar with station staff and everything that's going on here. Um, we're starting you all off at our classic spot on the main concourse at one of the tables during breakfast. The food's gotten a little bit better. Y'all are actually getting uh, colony-grade uh, foodstuffs now. So dinner trays with uh, fake meats and whatnot being delivered. Bug juice for everybody. But there's also coffee. Coffee everywhere. All the coffee. Um, you all putting trays down and congregating. It's been about, I'd say, maybe a week and a half since the Ilios last put out of dock and returned. You guys have been back on Beacon for, uh, I'd say, yeah, about a week and a half. And as y'all are in the middle of conversation and discussion, uh, catching up what y'all are doing in the morning, uh, over the loudspeaker, over the din of conversation, each one of you, uh, everybody perks up suddenly when they hear the familiar sound of like the bosun's whistle style going, indicating that there's an announcement coming on. And you hear, um, Crew of the Ilios, please report to Director Camilla Varela's office. Crew of the Ilios, please report to Director Camilla Varela's office. Thank you. Uh, Tig it just immediately shoves as much food in her mouth as she can. Oh, <laughs> like, Donald does the same thing. He's like, son of a bitch. And he just like, he reaches over and grabs a piece of food right off of your plate and shoves it into his mouth. She just... reaches over and grabs one off of his. And stands up and takes the tray away so he can't have any more. <laughs> like children, the two of yes. you like fighting right there at the table, like snatching food off of each other's plates. I feel, I feel like these two have gotten a sort of like, just shithead sibling like thing over I the past couple of weeks. I can see it. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> totally. She like elbows him and she stands up, yeah. Yeah, which causes him to cough out the cardboard cord bread that y'all have been eating here at the station. <laughs> I think as you see these two like shoveling food in their mouth, <clears throat> on the other end of the spectrum is just, uh, just Doc bringing his food with him. <laughs> <laughs> you just take the tray with you. <laughs> You're like, mm -hmm. I'm. No one said you couldn't. You're not going to stop eating. <laughs> so true. Yeah, Martha will take her bug juice for sure. Okay. 
You pick I have up no food to bring, bar. but I do very quickly finish kicking Hassan's ass at arm wrestling. Okay. Hey. There is laughter as Hassan is like squeezing his arm a little bit. And uh, as everyone is laughing and putting down money that everyone, like the betting pool has grown very small at this point. <laughs> nobody, 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 unless they are really willing to, to put a, a one of their weeks pay on the line. Nobody bets anymore because everyone knows how it's going to end every single time. But Isaac, as you're getting up, ready to leave the table, uh, Hassan goes, hey, 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 Isaac. Hey, come here for a sec before you go. Of course, my friend. He says, come here. I have a secret to tell you. And you lean in and he goes, your arm. Let me see it. Pull up your sleeve. You see this? And he points at your forearm. You know what the problem with this is? Can you see it's, it? It's too powerful for you? <laughs> no, no, look, look. Close, look closely at it. What do you see? Less. Right, right. Now, look at mine. Look. And he pulls up his sleeve, and you see he's got a sleeve of tattoos, and he goes, What is different between the two? Really? You've beaten me enough times that I think it's time to let you choose. I'm going to tattoo you. <sighs> but I think we're about to be sent on a mission. Well, then come back. Really? Yes, really. Now go before the director nails you to the wall. Go. Thank you. I would like to hug him. I can't speak as to whether... Isaac, Isaac, yeah. Isaac. Okay, Isaac. it was. It was. It was. Uh, I apologize. Thank you. I think that actually helped. As he kind of stretches his shoulders back. Go, go, go. All right, you dash away. All right. When you enter Varela's office, the lot of you stepping off the crew of the Ilios, uh, it's uh, it's the sort of like uh, the the uh, there's our hero shot of the crew of the Ilios stepping off the elevator and walking into the office. Each of you kind of like with your swagger indifference, and then of course Doc holding a tray of food, just <laughs> still just trying to get that last bit in. Um, Varela looks very concerned. She's holding a data pad and talking to Baker. Uh, and interestingly enough, standing in here, very rarely do you ever see him away from his post. Ever, 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 you see Julio Villalobos, mm -hmm. um, the young 29-year-old uh, traffic controller who you happen to know has turned the traffic control stations at the very top of Beacon Tower into his own personal sound system. Um, when you walk in, he's looking concerned too. Uh, Baker, standing a few feet away, looking at the data pad and nodding. And when he sees you all walking in and goes, all right, I'll take care of this. I'll brief them. Everyone, uh, don't sit down. This is going to be very brief. I'm going to be very straightforward about this. We just received an SOS. It's not far from here. You're not even going to require to go under sleep. You are going to be doing FTL travel, though, so no more than a day's worth. There is a ship that is sending out a distress signal, and we are required by law to investigate and help in any way we can, so we're sending you. That seems good to me. Uh, get the Ilios up and running. I'm going to give you as much information as I can uh, transmitted over to the Ilios main mothership mainframe thing. Go, go, go. Get going, and I will inform you as on the way. 
Uh, before, wait, wait, why didn't you call them up here? Didn't you want to tell them something? And Varela says, I did, but it can wait. <laughs> Take I mean, this. If, there's, if there's something you gotta tell us, you might as well, we're here. No, it can wait. You should focus on this. This is far more important right now. What I have is not time sensitive. I'll tell you when you get back. Alright, sounds good to me. You folks ready? We'll ship out. Yep. All right. Cut to y'all stepping through the airlocks at the Ilios. Um, familiar ground. The Ilios is a second home for you guys. The moment you step into those airlocks and step into the main areas, walking through those corridors, they just kind of flicker and light to life as uh, the mother on board acknowledges y'all stepping back in. Each of the hab areas just lighting up. The Ilios comes online. O'Donnell immediately makes his way towards the flight deck and says, All right, let's power up the reactor. Uh, Isaac, can I get you down in engineering just to make sure that everything is copacetic and working and functioning and all that? Please, Isaac. No. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I guess we're not going anywhere. Isaac was like, screw this, I'm out. That new upgrade, man. They, that new upgrade. Gone. Full rebellion. Isaac was like, I don't need Beacon. Beacon needs me. The penny drive got activated. That's yeah. what happens. Uh, Beacon is now, well, I'm now your robot overlord. Um, you guys do what I say. So, yeah, in which case, uh, essentially, you guys all pile into the Ilios. This is actually not bad timing at all, because this is about the point where we're going to take our break. Heck yeah. Flipping it on, getting the Ilios powered up, you guys go through the emotions of departing from Beacon. The airlock doors being withdrawn, sealed up, engines coming online, everything powering up. Um, You've been told that it's about a day's journey FTL, which is true, and so you're not going to need to go into hypersleep for this. Um, There is... Uh, I'll have to double check the hypersleep rules. I don't think there is a... No, no, there's no roll because you actually have to pass a certain uh, threshold of how many days you're traveling in FTL and one day is not the threshold. So you guys can travel FTL without having to go to sleep. Um, uh, However, if you're going to go lay down and get in bed and sleep, you still have to sleep in your your, your stasis pods because you literally don't have quarters on on the Ilios. You just have the hab pods. So, with that, the Ilios departs for Beacon Station. And the mission briefing and whatnot, we will cover that and where the Ilios is going when we come back from our break. We will be back in 10 minutes, y'all. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to Beacon, everybody. Um, Just giving everyone a heads up of our situation here. Uh, Those of us who are in California are experiencing what would be considered... Called, I don't know, a, a slight weather event. Is probably the best way of describing it. Um, we are torrential rains and and whatnot. Uh, uh, it's almost like Mother Nature was like, "Oh, you're complaining about the five year drought I put you in." Well, it's actually more like a twenty year drought. But they were like, "All right, fine, here, have it all at once." Um, so Sam's power is currently out, and uh, a few of us have, have experienced some fluctuations right now. Um, okay. Oh no. Uh, Sam's entire block is out. 
so it's not which is not surprising but yeah uh dwp is keeping us surprised but this is uh all being said to you because it is not out of the realm of possibility that at some point tonight uh either it claims me or elisa next so if it does, we apologize, and we'll just or come Jake. back and make up the episode. Or Jake, or Jake, yes. <laughs> then we're all out. yeah. If Jake, if if Starfleet Command goes down, then we're all in trouble. Um, then then it's the wrench and Jake and Mark the show. <laughs> yeah. Welcome everybody. Um, okay. I'd watch all that. right. <laughs> yeah, the Chicago Midwest crew hanging out. <laughs> yeah. So, in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and carry on. Sam has given me permission to go ahead and NPC Isaac and keep things uh, steadily going. So, we will go ahead and proceed with our mission for the nights. You guys have received that mission briefing uh, very quickly. Have been kind of shoot out the door at Beacon Station in response to what seems to be an SOS. A day's travel from FTL, not far at all from Beacon Station. Um, well, distance-wise, quite far. You are traveling FTL, so it is actually quite far, but an easy jump for the Ilios to make. Um, I have to make a quick piloting check for our good friend O'Donnell here and see if everything unfolds as expected. So let me make a piloting check. All right, O'Donnell. Don't mess this up, kid. All right. Easy enough. Oh, and Mother gets to assist. Oh, you know what? This is a Comtech check, I believe, for navigation. Doc is just staring him down the whole time. He's starting <laughs> I will destroy you. All right. So actually, Mother is going to make this navigational check, and then he is going to follow up. Easy peasy. Uh, okay, I'm going to spend one of those stunts. And half the time, y'all arrive very quickly. So about half, so about six hours in FTL. Six hours in FTL travel. Well, actually, it would be a little bit longer. That'd be closer to 12, actually. So we'll say 12. Yeah, let's just say 12. 12 hours in FTL travel. So. 12 hours spent in FTL travel. Uh, Isaac is actually going to use this as an opportunity to maintenance. I'm going to roll real quick to maintenance. Uh, he sees Isaac's character sheet here. Okay. Uh, ooh, okay. Yeah, heavy machinery check. Um, okay. Yeah, Isaac is going to keep the Ilios running smooth. You guys have an easy journey there. And I'd say about 12 hours. Anything, are y'all doing anything? Does y'all want to do anything in the 12 hours of journey to FTL? Um, I don't necessarily need like a scene or anything out of it, but mm -hmm. I think so over the past couple of months, uh, Tay has done just, I don't know, keeping busy, just busy work, anything to like you know, oh, every time I get sent out, it's like, okay, great, awesome. But anytime she's on the station, it's just constantly like, oh, who can I help? Can I help you? Can I help you with that? Can I can I be just like an extra body mm -hmm. that's useful? Um, so she doesn't have to spend too much downtime uh, being stressed out. Yeah. Um, Tig's never been stressed out in her life, <laughs> externally. Um, but I think she sent a couple of uh, messages back to Safe Haven Colony in this pretty much the same vein as the first two that I had sent you for just same to Uncle Hugo. Uh, and then the second one. And then um, I think every time she goes to write a message, she considers mm. sending something to the Rileys. 
but she doesn't really know what. And I think every time she's like every maybe like two weeks, she sends something home to her uncle. And every time she considers sending something to someone else and she just doesn't. And so I think she spends um, this trip because there's not really anything for her to do on a trip in FTL. She's just, you know, hanging out. And I think she drafts like three or four potential messages <laughs> and to maybe to maybe one of the siblings maybe like if they're like maybe one of the maybe one of the brothers isn't she has still has an okay relationship with mm-hmm. she doesn't send it but she just not not anything specific but just like a it's gonna be weird no matter what but just a general like hi thinking of you hope things are well doesn't send but just you know kind of makes like 15 drafts of that just sits at the at the um in the common room at the the, at the table you have a a moment of quiet amidst the sort of ambient low glow of all the lighting fixtures that surround the common area sitting there at the circular table where the crew typically meets on those big cushioned sofas just again like the nostromo's crew area as you're sitting there by yourself looking at the 15th draft of the data pad um on the data pad too is the most recent picture of elizabeth and looking at that picture this is a little girl that is preparing to grow up believing her mother is dead. And the question lingers. Is this going to be what you are going to have to carry? She scraps the most recent draft and she writes... Um, uh, to Buffy instead to Elizabeth you delete it Isaac sets down a bottle of bug juice next to you and just says it's important to keep hydrated thank you Isaac and Unless anybody has anything they want to do. Uh, I think, I think, uh, Doc would just send another message, uh, okay. back to his foundation, uh, and his daughter, basically, uh, checking in on the payments, uh, that was supposed to go to the colony, uh, mm-hmm. from the, yeah, gifts that he promised, uh, to pay, to pay off. Uh, then he's just keeping her apprised of everything that's going on. Uh, and then from there, he's just, uh, you know, those, those little, uh, paper, papers shaped in the shape of like, uh, like a crude human outline that like are attached to each other that makes streamers. Uh, he's just making one of those of cats. (laughs) Okay. Um, and that's it. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, what are you up to, Martha? Out of curiosity, are you, are you doing anything or are you just kind of prepping for this? Because um, it is worth noting, the nature of the SOS is completely unknown. Y'all are going in there as a rescue ship, but no one's really sure what's wrong with this. Uh, well, I think Martha, during that 12-hour FTL, uh, so we woke up, had breakfast, got sent out on a mission. So we're going to arrive in the evening, right? Yeah, ship time would be in the evening. Oh, and Our I do have information us, as, yeah. uh -huh, I do have information on the ship that you guys are going to rescue, supposedly. Oh, yeah. That's what Martha would have liked to be doing, like finding out. Going over that? Can. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say also maybe some rest because if it's morning there, we might mm -hmm. be up for another 24 hours. Power sleeps. Hours. Yeah. Do, she would probably take a nap. Yeah. Something that you and Tig are probably really good at as Marine slash ex-Marine. Really know how to get that sleep in when you need it. Yeah, you don't know Knowing the importance of rack. Of this, this FTL, so. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, the ship is called the USCSS Broadwater. It is a Hoover-class cargo vessel. And... It is M class, so it's about the same. It's a little bit, according to this, it's 620 meters long, so it's bigger than the Ilios, but not dramatically so. It's about, the Ilios is about 400 meters long. So it's, it's bigger, but it's still M class. It still functions as a cargo. Um, what you have on this is, uh, yeah, it has a mother 8000 system on board. Uh, the FTL rating on the ship is eight, so it's actually a, about as fast as the Ilios, I believe. I think Ilios might be 12. Let's double check. But, um, yeah. Big ship. It's basically a giant cargo hauler. It's not for hauling uh, or the way the Ilios was originally designed for. This is literally designed for hauling a ton of cargo, probably back and forth from the colonies. Immediately, Martha, and possibly you as well, Tig, being Marines, you might have an immediate instinct as a cargo ship sending out an SOS. There might be... This might this might be a situation where firearms are required. It's entirely possible. Piracy is not unheard of in the frontier, and it still lingers after the frontier war. It is not common just as a reason why to kind of give you guys a scope this is the aliens universe uh there is no like sector long-range sensor kind of style detections uh coming across another ship out here in the shipping lanes even when you know the well-traveled areas through ftl drives and whatnot it's still a needle in a very very big haystack so it's not standard but piracy does happen so anything is possible yeah that's all the information anybody have anything else they want to do Ooh, i would uh share that with my crewmates okay yeah so everyone's kind of briefed mm -hmm. cool all right so with all the information available to you o'donnell takes a good look at the ship and goes oh yeah yeah, Hoover-class vessels, the, those are pretty new. I mean, the last 20 years. They're pretty new. That's kind of weird, though, because ships like that usually don't have mechanical failure. So, yeah, maybe there's a, maybe there's a real issue here. 
Um, I'd like to look at the info again. Is there anything about who operates this? You said mm -hmm. it's UC USCSS. Does that well, mean it's military? No. Oh, it's okay. civilian craft. You guys are USCSS. Yeah. So uh, it is a civilian freighter, but it operates under the Three Worlds Empire, which is an ally of the United Americas. So, and worth noting that Weyland Yutani is Three Worlds Empire. Uh, it's a third of the economy of the Three Worlds Empire. So, allies, friends, basically. Three Worlds Empire is friends. Uh, there's an entire crew complement list that's available to you. It's public information. Uh, it's captained by a woman named Gloria Lee. She looks like she's an older woman in her 50s. Uh, judging from her profile that you can see pulled up on the data is that she is an experienced captain, probably been doing, according to this, her resume shows she's been doing cargo runs most of her life. Upwards to close to about 40 years she's been traveling through deep space, which means she's probably a lot older than 50, but has spent a lot of time in cryosleep. So there's a really good chance that she's probably closer to 90, but that's some of the sacrifice you make when you decide to take the job of cargo shipping as uh, everyone else around you ages while you spend a lot of your time in hypersleep. Um, her XO is Lindsay Smart. Um, also a very experienced freighter captain. Uh, Gloria Lee looks like a, yeah, looks like a, a white woman in her 50s with uh, that sort of blonde hair that is pulled back into a tight bun uh, that started to gray. So it has almost that like bright yellow uh, white coloration, um, some lines on her face, but it looks like um, she has a very impressive record. Uh, Lindsay Smart is a black woman in her 30s. She looks like she is uh, born in London. Looks like she has also a very competent record. Um, next crew members are the deckhands, Shinzu Fukushima, Japanese male in his 30s. Uh, another deckhand is Ari Priyono, um, Indonesian 30-year-old male. The next one is an engineer, Rose Masai. A Kenyan female. Um, she looks like Rose looks like she is uh her file shows a, a woman that looks like she has done all kinds of uh looks like she's done all kinds of duties from across the spectrum of cargo shipping to uh looks like she's done some racing, it looks like she's done a little bit of everything, and then she has settled into this. And her main course looks like she's an engineer. Very sort of well-muscled uh, black woman in her 30s. Uh, Dr. Marion Gill is a 40-year-old white man who looks uh, like he has a very clean-cut, well-shaven guy in his 40s, warm smile on his face, uh, and he's ship's doctor. A crew of six basically managing this 620-meter M-class so kind of in the same situation as you guys, where you guys have a little bit of a smaller crew than a ship this size typically uses to operate. But it looks like everything you read, Martha, as you're kind of going through and looking at the pictures and getting a sense of who everyone is. Um, yeah, it looks like a pretty standard crew. Cargo haulers. Space truckers, essentially. That's what you get from this. And it looks like they haul all kinds of cargo materials. Manifest is available um, but in details of the manifest is not available, which is pretty standard. Okay. okay. Cool. So with that, unless anybody else wants to do anything, the hours pass. O'Donnell gets some shut eye. Isaac takes the helm just to watch over. And eventually you hear an alert 
being transmitted across the ship. Mother indicating the FTL drive has been deactivated and y'all have just entered re-entered normal space. O'Donnell hops up from his spot inside the crew uh, common area, taking his coffee with him, and strides up across the deck over to his seat, the pilot's chair, and slides into it and just settles in. Just, all right, all right, all right. Starts flipping on some switches. You see uh, flickering into this sort of static-looking image of the exterior cameras of the ship as he starts running scans and says, all right, Captain... We are at loc- Oh, shit. Hold on. I should turn on the... Captain, I don't know if uh, you're anywhere near the pilot deck, but I just want to let you know that we have arrived at our destination, and, and with your permission, I am going to initiate scans. I think, uh... I think Doc will kind of, like, just make a beeline over and go, permission granted. Hey, there he is. There's his captain. All right, initiating scans. Life forms. Um, he. Like you. <laughs> All right, so he is going to make a contact check. Actually, mother is going to help him with this. Let's see, two, four, four, six, eight. Oh wait, no, seven, two, four, six. Yeah, because y'all have a mother seven thousand. Oh no, sixty-five hundred. If I remember correctly, y'all got an old mother system. All right, and. Nothing is coming up on scopes. He says, well, I mean, it's a general area. I'll go ahead and start transmitting. See if anyone out there can hear me. We might get a ping back. If the Broadwater is still transmitting an SOS, we should be hearing something pretty soon if we're in the area. Isaac slides into the co-pilot's chair. And O'Donnell is going to go ahead and send out a transmission. I'm going to use another contact check and just reach out and touch someone. Two, four, six, seven, and then mother bonus. And he starts transmitting. This is USCSS Ilios. And starts basically going through the standard protocol, transmitting, responding to an SOS. No reply. After 20 minutes. He f switches it off and just goes, oh, man. Well, if they heard me, they can't reply. You might or, think this might be some sort of trap now, would you? Nothing's coming up on scan, but that doesn't mean somebody can't go dark. You can certainly switch off your transponders and sneak up. But, I mean, I'll keep running scans. Remain vigilant. Make sure nothing sneaks up on us. Just in case something does. Uh, Y'all got guns, right? And he looks back over his shoulder at you, Tig, and Martha. Do we have guns? Did you mean, really you... just ask that? I yeah. feel like the two of them just simultaneously, like, out of, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's also worth noting, uh, Tig, you could have kept that UPP assault rifle that you recovered. Oh, yeah. So, that stays on the Ilios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So he says, okay. Let's hope they wait till they're inside to start shooting at us, right? Do we have any means of defending ourselves if they decide to not wait? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we can. We can pray. Oh well, that's there's pr there's, there's prayer. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's prayer. Yes. Uh, we can uh, 
I have resigned myself that if I know I'm about to die and the person is shooting at me from space, I'm going to put my cheeks up against the window and give them the finger before I die. You will, you will do no such thing on my ship, son. <laughs> if we're going to die, we're going to die with some manner of dignity. <laughs> I think, I right. think, I think you're right. our last resort, aren't you, Donald? Maybe. Yeah, I can. The thing is, Elios can't really do a barrel roll. Not exactly. No, nah. She big chunky kid. Ramming power, though. What's that? There's always ramming power. Okay, maybe that's our last. Maybe that's our last. Yeah, I guess if I could try, (laughs) if uh, we all Uh, resign ourselves to death. A car accident in space. I, 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 I think we we could brainstorm some other ideas but uh until then uh, donald i just want you to see if you can find the people that need help uh, you to make sure you keep those guns close All right, and so i'll commence to praying <laughs> okay so one shift is going to pass so donald runs his scans and sends out radio transmissions to try to make connection is there anything that I can do to help. Like, I'm not sure if I can necessarily assist with anything. I don't really have comms or any sort of skill. At this, the the, the thing is, is the he's getting an assist. Basically, it's mother. Yeah. Who has seven dice to her com tech. That's fair. And he's assisting mother. So okay, cool. Like, I'm just like, Tig's just like attempting to be helpful, just like watching monitors, yeah. and will like point out when something blinks. Oh. But like, other than that, it's just like totally something pops useless. up. Something after after three and a half hours. Of drifting, like Connell O'Connell's on his second cup of coffee, and is just looking out, and you just see him go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got something!" You immediately hear this bleep going off on the console. He just sits up and goes, "Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on now." Okay, okay. What, what we got here? Okay, mother, can you identify? And you just hear. So it starts to input. This definitely got a ship. Looks like a silhouette. In one piece. USCSS Broadwater. There she is. Yep. Mother is the USCSS Broadwater. Is Broadwater transmitting? I see the transponders are on, but I don't see I don't see any indication that there's any kind of radio traffic coming. You see the lines of code his mother hears and starts inputting and crunching the numbers. He types the question in just to follow up. A few moments, let's see. Um, mother replies back that uh, she can confirm that the Broadwater is receiving. O'Donnell looks back over his shoulder and says, well... We're about, according to Mother, we're about 45 minutes away. So we got a little bit of time to prepare. What do we want to do? Should we just board? I mean, if their comms are down, they're receiving, but can't send, is there anything else that they can do from the outside that would let us know that they can hear us? That someone's there listening? Uh, It's possible. I mean... That might be Martha's question, to be honest with you. I don't know if, uh, aside from going on a spacewalk and waving your arms. Yeah, I mean, my thought would be, like, if their comms 
tech is down, but they're, it, I mean, they're outgoing and they're receiving. Maybe we can just ask them. This isn't a Lisa question. Would it be safe to put a flare in a window? <laughs> um, probably, probably not in a window, no, but you could probably look for a way to signal them somehow. Like, there are external ship lights that you can use. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean for them to signal us that they're getting our message. Like, if we're like... We're like, hey, if you can hear us, can you... Oh, Do you if, have weapons? Can you fire a shot in the opposite direction it, so we yeah, can it, see something? They, Wave if, something You could tell them, yes, give us a signal. Flare in a window. If they have no power, they might be able to use a light or something to flash at <laughs> y'all. Yeah, yeah, but okay. uh, y'all are going to have to get really close for that. But yeah, it's possible. To see the message? Yeah. To see that? Okay. If they're receiving, it means they probably have some measure of power. If mm -hmm. Mother's able to confirm that there is a receipt of message. So, yeah, I think Martha says, yeah, I think we just, as we approach, we just keep broadcasting to them. If you hear us, we're almost there. Uh, send show us that you show hear us. us. Yeah, show us a, a signal that you can hear us so we know you're in there. Okay. So... With that, as you all draw a little closer and a little closer, after about 30 minutes or so, each of you is now able to see, looming in the darkness against the blanket of stars, a shadow that is extensive and large. And O'Donnell kind of cranes his head as he looks out the window and goes, yeah, yeah, there she is. All right, I'm maneuvering us over. Decelerating speed. I don't see any ionic trails it doesn't look like they're leaking anything but i also don't see any other ships so huh, that's good oh 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 he's gonna make an observation check as he starts eyeballing and says mother activate running lights outside and Oh, the rest of you, if you want to make observation checks, you may actually, uh, O'Donnell will give you, whoever wants to make an observation check is going to get a plus one bonus to the roll because O'Donnell's going to start narrating what he sees so y'all will be able to see it a little bit easier. You'll know what you're looking for. I'll make that check. Okay, go ahead. Make observation checks to see what O'Donnell is seeing and maybe right. see more. All right. Observation is wits, which is four. You're a little quiet, Noir. Uh, uh... Wits is observation, which is four. Uh-huh. And observation for me is three. Let's get it going. Cool, cool. Is everyone allowed to roll? Uh, anybody who wants to make an observation, anybody who's up here on the bridge can look out the window to see what the condition of the Broadwater is. Two successes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I also got two. Two. Okay. Uh, that'll be three. Three. Okay. So each of you is making your observation check with shining colors. When you're looking out the window as he's narrating it to you, you guys are all seeing that through the running lights in the distance, uh, you are seeing this great ship. Now, the thing about the Broadwater is it looks like it is. It, it doesn't look like a chunky ship the way the Elios does. What you see is what it's very much elongated. It looks like a giant cargo hauler, a big cargo hauler in space. Very elongated frame, has a very large engine in the very back of it. So it's kind of a classic, more of a, a classic sci-fi kind of looking ship. It definitely looks like it's a newer generation. Um, what you notice at about the same time that O'Donnell points it out is that it is listing. It And that would, in space, it looks like it's got a, it looks like it has a spin to it. 
Like it's slowly drifting. Maybe it's been spinning. The rest of you who rolled an additional success will notice that there is debris that looks like it has it is orbiting. Small pieces of debris towards the back of the ship that looks like it's slowly orbiting, indicating some kind of structural damage of some kind. But the ship looks largely intact. So if there is structural damage, it probably is minor from what you you can see out here. Um, as you get on to approach nearing the airlock, um, you see the airlock itself looks like it is active and that the ship does have power. There are lights on the inside. And on that moment, just like Martha had hoped for, uh, you hear O'Donnell say, Broadwater, this is the Elios. If you are receiving us, can you signal over? And he waits. And after a few moments, you start seeing running lights start to flicker. And he goes, there you are. Okay. Uh, they have, they're running on minimal power. We can get in the airlock if we want to. Um, he said can they, we they ask them some yes or no questions of the blinking lights. Is it safe to board? Is it? And also what do they need from us? What, what should we need? bring? Okay. Okay. Broadwater, what is your status? Is it safe to come aboard? Over. Again, the code, Morse code lights begin to blink. Oh, it's Morse code? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, you them, can, them, you can totally, Martha, yeah. the two of you. Yeah, def definitely. So what are they saying? Um, multiple injuries on board. Okay. Air is safe. Medical attention required. Engineering help required. engineering help too what's that they said engineering help too right yeah okay okay medical and engineering we have uh we have our orders isaac nods and says i'm ready let's heal some folks that's what we do all right so on that note o'donnell is going to bring you guys into docking so piloting check let's see two four oops what's o'donnell stats here okay so agility or hunting okay so he's gonna bring you all in okay cool come on o'donnell and he rolls one two three successes nice so piloting stunts he can show off okay he's gonna show off he brings the ilios up and kind of drifts and then activates thrusters as he deactivates the engines and you guys match the slow drift of the ship and start entering into the spin just extends the docking mechanism and says unfortunately it looks like we're not going to be able to connect directly with the airlock so i hope you guys don't get spacesick from spacewalking don't worry we'll have an umbilical line attached but don't let go of it because doc you'll drift out into the void and die in nothingness If that's okay with you, Doc. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and sorry, we got you. And what seems to be the problem with the airlock? Because you know, well, Doors. there's no uh, have for the the be the best way to put it is uh, above table. Um, 
in the alien universe this is retro so there is no snazzy umbilical that just reaches out and connects with another ship it's just a line and a spacesuit and you drift over to their airlock and clap clap it on and you're good oh, to so go we just wouldn't be able to anyway got it i thought mm -hmm. there was something wrong with the door that could be fixed but oh no the, like the airlock is completely accessible but what's going to happen is the Elios is basically going to extend uh like a a a sort of like a skeletal umbilical that'll just reach out and attach the ship and y'all will use that to pull yourselves along and get to their airlock but you're gonna have to suit up for it it's eva time i, I hate this <laughs> it's gonna be fine we'll we'll be connected to the line mm -hmm. we can even connect to each other you know in a in a vast infinity that is space no that's fine just Doc. dangling on a string talk in all seriousness no joke i'm not gonna fuck with you right now but in all seriousness when you get the suit on and the door opens just look straight ahead don't look at anything else just look at the door do not look down do not look left or right or up just look straight at the door okay i i i could tell that you're telling me that good faith yeah because <laughs> honestly what you're about to do is actually pretty easy but you'll make it really hard if you look away from that door. So just stare at the door. Just pull yourself across. You'll be fine. Yeah. Even the ship is going to be course? spinning. If you look to the left and right, you're going to see the spin, and you're going to just look at the door. Okay. Uh, Tig, did you ask me if I've ever done a, a, a rope course? You ever Are done you... a rope ropes course? Is that like the thing back in school where we would have to climb the rope in the gymnasium because I fell every time? Okay, well, you're, you can't fall here. That's not really. You just got, it's the same same concept. Just looks oh, but easier. It's easier. Yeah, you got uh, stuff to hold on to. Fall. You don't even have yeah. to fall. You, yeah, you don't even have All to. All right. Yeah, there's no balance to be had. You just hold on. I, I think I think I want to put a, put a request in that we just stick to helping folks on colonies but all right let's let's do this enough <laughs> enough complaining we i can handle this okay yeah, we'll see we'll see if that request flies by the director <laughs> <laughs> all right so you all spend the next 15 minutes getting into your eva suits uh o'donnell by the way is going to be staying here on the ship unless you try to order him to go with you in which case he's going to raise the objection that someone should probably stay here on the ship particularly one that is not an engineering genius and knows how to fly the ship. <laughs> nah, that, that's that that's fair, O'Donnell. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys get into the airlock and suit up. These are the bulky suits that you saw from Alien. So they are like the big, thick, big helmet suits that clip on. It's kind of awkward as you all slip into them and put the helmets on and get locked into place. You check each other to make sure that there are, you know, everything is sealed up and pressure is right. Um, the airlock door closes behind you. As soon as that airlock door closes, and you hear this, as all the pressure begins to uh, evacuate from the inside of the airlock, I would like Doc to gain one point of stress. I would like. To I was going to volunteer for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would Doc. like. Yeah, go ahead. You would like I, to what? I just want to reach over and I want to like basically carabiner clip dock to myself okay you just pull out this line um, and click just it like, on just like no won't, won't say anything ahead of time just like we'll kind of reach out as the doors are opening and just gonna kind of click each of you does mine. i would say click mm -hmm. safety yeah, click like click click yeah and then um and then as the doors open tig's just gonna turn to doc and say this is my favorite part it's really quiet 
I always really liked to, uh, if you have a song that you like, uh, you hum uh, it. I know O'Donnell said don't look to the left or the right, but sometimes in the periphery. It's really pretty. Yeah. And if you look forward and kind of blur your eyes a little bit, it's really quiet. It's kind of uh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I'm, I'm, I should I should be captain it up right now. I'm so sorry to have y'all fitzing over me. <laughs> we gonna get over there. We gonna do what we do. I just uh just don't think about how big space is and how small we are in comparison. It's fine. Exactly. You got it. Yeah. You don't have to be captain. Right now we're just walking and it's just quiet. Oh, alright. In that case, I am terrified. But thinking of thinking of a song I like uh. It'll be fine. And you just hear him kind of under his breath go, body, uh, <laughs> say if you remember. Just thinking some temperature so yep. holding. How are y'all doing in there? Oh, uh, uh, fine. <laughs> Happy way, to right? hear that. I'm All about right. to open the outer doors. Yep. We're ready. And, um, yeah, I feel like me and Tig would know to put the dock between us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at this point, like, I mean, yeah, get it set up so that even if the, the dock could completely let go and would, we would yeah. still be, would still be moving along okay. with us. So like, yep. it's, yeah. And okay. I'll, if you don't mind, take, I'll go first in mm-hmm. case there's doorsness that needs mm-hmm. to happen. Perfect. All right. So you hear. All right, y'all. Opening out our doors. Have a pleasant walk. See you on the other side. <laughs> you see these great doors in front of you. There's almost this instinctual reaction from you, Doc, because you're used to seeing that door and that window. It's always closed. It should always be closed. It's never supposed to open. And as it does, nothing happens. It just, you can hear sort of the muted sound of this heavy airlock door sliding open. When it does, you just see this umbilical cable that has reached across and this, again, a skeletal frame that's almost hexagonal shape that is, that is uh, extended out and is attached to the hull. The singing gets louder. <laughs> okay. And with that, who would like to go first? Who's Martha's in the lead? Headed. Martha, I think, is ahead of. Martha? Is Isaac with us? Yes, Isaac, oh, yeah. is, Isaac is with y'all. Isaac is also suited up. Okay, great. Maybe Martha, Isaac, Doc, Tig? Perfect. Okay. In which case, uh, make a mobility check, if you would, please, Martha. And because you are attached to the umbilical, you will get a plus one to the roll. Lovely. Mobility. Where is that? Oh, I see. Agility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not my best. Um, like, story point? I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> Should I story point? If you'd like to. I'll story point. All right. Deciding not to take any risks with the dice system of Alien, you decide to story point. So that is going to be our latest subscriber, Shock22. Thank you so much for that story Thank point. You. Thank you. I only have four dice on this roll, and I'm used to rolling like 10. So like, I, I need the security. So okay. you automatically gain one six. Go ahead and make your mobility Thanks. check. Remember, you can push rolls if you need to. Yeah, I got no successes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good call. Thank you for the story point. Thank you for the story points. Um, yeah, you drift out into space. The first thing you see, Martha, is you kind of glance to your left because you've, this is standard training. Like, this is nothing 
incredibly unusual for you. You've had to do this as part of your training as a colonial Marine. Uh, you are combat trained to engage in zero G if you have to. Um, although I think that's a talent you have to specifically take if I remember correctly. And if you don't have it, then it's not, you're just not a specialist in it, but, um, you pull yourself out and you do indeed see these great Titans, these ships are slow. You wouldn't know they were spinning except for you can see the star field just beyond the horizon of this great ship in front of you, just dipping stars, vanishing underneath it, wheeling around the lot of you. And after a few seconds of looking at it, you put your eyes right back on the door, realizing, nope, 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 you're going to get dizzy. Mm -hmm. So you start pulling yourself across. Um, the rest of you can make mobility checks, but at plus two, because Martha succeeded. And you're latched onto the, the umbilical and Martha and Tig and so on and so forth. So go ahead and make your mobility checks. I'm going to make one for Isaac. Cool. Tell me what you get. One success. How'd you do, Doc? Rolling now. I just had to get five where mobility was. Oh, boy. One success. Oh, no. Two successes. Two successes. You... Five are successes again, right? What's that? No. Five. Oh, no. okay, just one success. Only success, yeah. Yep. All right. So you follow the instructions that were given to you, Doc. You keep your eye on the door. There's a few moments where there's a little bit of temptation just to see what all the hubbub's about because it starts becoming easy, but you immediately in the back of your mind go, nope, nope, that's when you get that's when you get killed. That's when you get deaded. I'm just going to keep looking forward. So you just keep looking at the back of Tig's head and the door that's just on the other side as you pull yourself across. Uh, Martha, you reach the airlock door. You can see somebody waving at you as soon as you get to the airlock door on the other side, and you see a green light flicker on. And as you reach the door, it goes... You see it opening in front of you. Large airlock, big enough for probably a small terrain vehicle to drive into. Um, it stops about halfway. You're easy able to drift inside and unlatch yourself from the umbilical and kind of pull around and one by one you kind of help pull everybody in and after everyone's inside the airlock door just closes up again and holding on to the sides of the walls you guys kind of push yourself against the ground as you hear this and a wave of brief and everyone's ready for it just like this momentary nausea as gravity as the gravity drive begins to kick in inside the deck and you guys start feeling the weight of the ev suits on you once again and pressure you see the pressure gauge going up on your suits up 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 until it reaches safe and after a moment isaac immediately just takes off their helmet is is it safe now <laughs> I don't know. We're not inside the ship yet. We could be killed the moment the door opens. Wonderful. There is, uh, there is air in here now, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can see Isaac's breath. It's a little cold in here. But at about that point, the, the door to the interior of the ship starts to slowly open, and you see what looks like uh, judging from what you know of the file, this looks like Lindsay Smart, the XO. Uh, she stands at about 5'8". 
judging from the look of her, she's probably through the course of her life uh, past the time doing push-ups because she looks ripped when the door opens. Um, as ripped as she looks, she also looks beat, like exhausted. Her eyes are droopy, slightly red coloring to her to her eyes. Um, her dreads are pulled back into a uh, into a, a knot. She's got pulled out to the back of her head. Um, she's looks like most of her flight suit is kind of hanging down around her waist. So she wears it kind of like Martha does in the intro. So it's just kind of like casually down around the side of her waist where the green tank top is. Uh, looks like she's had it on for a couple of days, but she looks completely exhausted. Um, and she goes, man, I am so glad to see your faces and I've never seen any of you before, but you're all the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. Well, give me just a second to get this thing off so I can pay back the compliment. Isaac just <laughs> turns over and <laughs> helps you get yes, out of the helmet. Like, get, like, everyone kind of reaches over and unsnaps. Um, well, hello to you. Uh, we are we are more than happy to help. Just take us to your injured and your damaged uh, components. Uh, my friend here, Isaac, is a master engineer. We'll see to it that you all are flying straight away. I'll give you the situation rep immediately and let you all know. Please welcome aboard the Broadwater. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you. That's all of you suddenly here. Comms check. Everybody get across okay? Yeah. We're, we're Every, good, O'Donnell. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's dead. <laughs> Happy to hear that. All right, keep me posted. I'm just going to sit here and start my third coffee. Don't do that. Have to be careful, please. Uh, you broke up a little bit there at the end there. Uh, sorry, Tag, I'm losing you. Yeah, sure, sure, sure you are. At least drink some water first. <laughs> when you step into the broad water, you see a, a corridor that stretches down the length of the ship. It looks like the main sort of vein of the ship itself. Um, but you guys are actually near what looks like one of the... One of the, yeah, it looks like the main vein of the corridor that kind of goes down. This this particular uh, area of the ship looks like it is just one long access junction point. Like, you can access pretty much every other room on this level from this single vein that stretches down the entire length of the ship. Um, she looks and says, everyone, we're on the upper deck right now. Uh, everyone's down below deck. Let me give you a situation of what's going on. First of all, the captain... Our chief engineer and our doctor have all been injured, as well as one of our deckhands. Um, we got awoken in the middle of travel. Uh, they're all currently in the med bay right now, so if any of you know medicine, please, 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 we need help in the med bay as soon as possible. We've been adrift for about four days. <laughs> I, uh, I have some familiarity with medicine. I can make my way on down. <laughs> good, good. I'll take you there right away. Captain's in the worst shape. And she leads you over to one of the lifts where you see there's minimal power and opens one of the ha hatches and starts going down the ladder. 
following her down to the next deck, y'all are all taken into uh, what looks like... Where is the med bay on this giant beast? Mess hall, cargo bay, vehicle bay, air scrubbers, cargos. There we are. Um, yeah, not very, very similar to y'all's ship. Not that far from the main galley. The main galley, though, is huge. It looks like this ship was designed for a crew about double the size. So when you walk inside, you see a big expansive area with a couple of uh, entertainment units set up on the ceiling, as well as foodstuffs and everything kind of packed in. But it looks like a few of the things have been knocked over. It looks like there is, which isn't surprising, the ship is currently adrift in the spin, which indicates that maybe that there's no power, which Isaac immediately says, what's the situation with the engine? I've noticed that you guys are spinning right now. To which she immediately replies, yes. Uh, so essentially what happened was uh, Mother all woke us up from hypersleep. Uh, she detected an anomaly within the ship's power system. She pulled us out of FTL, which is pretty standard. Emergency protocol was initiated, and upon inspection, there was an explosion. A faulty plasma manifold detonated in engineering. And for about 24 hours, we had no gravity. We had to do quick repairs we almost lost our doctor in that time as it was very difficult for the wounds to behave in zero g um so i want to apologize in advance of the grisly scene that you might see in engineering when the explosion happened i haven't had a chance to clean it up but um we've been adrift for four days and on minimal power i've only just got gravity working in the past 48 hours well we're here to help, so no need to apologize. I can imagine it must be rather grisly. It's hard for blood to clot when there's no gravity. So why don't you just take me down to your captain? I can see if, uh, how quickly I can get them on their feet. So you're delivered into the left corridor that kind of branches off and down one of these hallways, you get to the medical bay where the galley was very sizable. The medical bay is modest. It doesn't look quite as spacious as y'all's there are two medical beds available not particularly surprising it's a cargo freighter they don't do the runs that y'all are doing but what you notice is it does look a little sparse so for uh, for a ship that's supposed to have a crew of double the size it looks like they skimped on the medical bay here but what's unfortunate is with only two medical beds there are four injured people so you see it looks like cots have been set up on the floor and the least of the injured are being tended to um when you all walk in you see um martha you recognize immediately shinzu fukushima the one of the deckhands um looks like a a very broad thick uh japanese man probably in his 30s um he's squatting down holding uh what looks like fluids and he's clipping it on to this metal hook that's just hanging over the head of what appears to be Rose Masai. Um, and when he sees you all coming, he goes, oh, thank goodness. <sighs> oh, we're saved. We're saved. We're saved. Welcome. Please help, 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 help. Help here, help here, and help here. That's who's, a... who's in need of most immediate medical attention? The captains don't pay any attention to him. He's kind of delirious. He's not slept very well. Uh, help the captain first, please. And um, she's yeah, the one that is the most has been the most wounded. And then Rose would be next. Okay. Uh, medical reports. Any any notes that have been taken? 
over the past four days? Exo shrugs and says, burns, pretty bad burns. burns. Okay. But um, mother is, mother, can you give us full access to the medical files? And you hear a voice go, supplying medical files to Medical Bay 1. Stand by. Files are now available. Yeah, Tig, Tig just bends down, goes to work, just immediately kneels down to who, who she was. Uh, so you move over to the medical bed and you see. Gl- the triage first. Looks like, uh, so her, it looks like she has been partially removed from her clothes and put in bandages on the top part of her body. It looks like she's got some pretty bad plasma burns. The moment you move over to her, you take a look and you're like, mm, she's in rough shape. They encompass about half of her upper body and a little bit of her face. Some of her hair is missing. It looks like she should be dead. It's probably Oof. a miracle that she is not. She must have been very close to the explosion when it happened. While Tig is tending to the captain, I think Doc is going to kind of take a look at their inventory to get a gauge on if they have everything that's going to be necessary. Let me roll. Do they? Yeah. Um, the ship seems to be stocked. Okay. But when over half the crew has been incapacitated, you're getting the impression, Doc, that, yeah, they did, they are, you can only imagine what it's been like for the XO. She has been holding this together with duct tape and doing the best she can with what limited medical knowledge and first aid skills that she has. She has managed to stabilize everyone, which is, speaks well of her. But uh, it's probably, y'all probably arrived just in time to save some lives, judging from the look of it to work immediately okay um so we're gonna do that in a sec uh go ahead and make me i think we're gonna just do this i think you are going to make your check here that is going to be a uh medical aid check and you you have equipment here that should give you a bonus correct Mm -hmm. i have my surgical kit will give me a plus one to medical aid rolls okay and then um, is this a critical or grave injury? It's a critical injury, yes. Um, so then also, I, go ahead. I get a plus two because I'm a field surgeon. And an additional plus one because you are in a medical bay. Amazing. So, uh, am I able to offer help at all? Yeah, if, if uh, that works with you me. could you could help or you could help one of the others. It's up to you. Ooh, you know what? I'll help one of the others. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll split. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and make your roll first, then Tig. Some dice there. Obscene number of dice. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my god. That's five sixes. Five successes. All right, Tig, you go to work. You've seen this. That's what she in, does. Tig, the the thing about this is you're a combat medic. This mm-hmm. is exactly the kind of wound you are used to treating. Mm-hmm. You've seen explosions. You've seen you. You were helping members of your unit recover from this very kind of wound. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what to do, Martha. You see Tig going to work, breaking out breaking out scissors, cutting some cloth off, and also getting to work with like injections. And it it's kind of hard to watch what Tig is doing because of the the nature of the wounds. But she goes to work. You are going to make a roll now doing your medical aid stunt or your medical aid check, if you would, please, Doc. Okay, so let's see. So you're going to be checking out Rose, I'm guessing? Mm-hmm. Yep, whoever's she, the most next severe. Everybody mm-hmm. else looks like they are concussed and yeah. All right. 
uh, and I get a bonus for us being in a medical lab, right? Yeah, a plus one bonus because y'all are in the med lab. Okay. God, it's so it's probably so funny watching Tig work versus the doctor work because I feel like Tig is so like she forgets that she's in a a place that has resources available and so she'll like go for a while and be like oh wait and then like we'll be able to like go move grab more yeah. tools because she doesn't have to just like have everything that's like in her lap while she works exactly you're <laughs> so used to just having everything you you uh, the only things you have is what's mm -hmm. in your like med pouch mm -hmm. i feel like the doctor's very fluid like moving around a space <laughs> knowing knowing exactly where to look and that'll be four successes four successes okay so rose is in rough shape too they're Rose's injuries don't look life-threatening, but it looks like she probably took a brunt of the blast. Um, as you're examining her, you the first thing you notice is that uh, the trauma that she took, it it is largely on her left, her left side. She is probably going to require getting a prosthetic on that on that arm moving forward. Um, there are pieces of her arm are missing. She doesn't have any of her fingers. It looks like she's going to have to get some kind of prosthetic installed, which. Theoretically, the company should cover. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, Doc's just gonna break that down to her. Like, she's know. not conscious. She is com oh, he, she oof. is completely out. <laughs> um, <Can't> but <laughs> with four successes, the two of you are gonna take an. It's gonna take an entire shift to treat these two. Um, and at one point, the doctor, who's here, you can hear him weakly in one of the cots, waking up and goes. What is that? Do we have company? And the EXO immediately goes over and says, Hey. Um, what you all notice immediately is the amount of affection the EXO shows the doctor. It's everyone in the room gets it gets the opinion that they're probably more than just crewmates as soon as she moves over there. And the gentleman looks up at her and says, uh, we, Did we make more crew while I was asleep? She says, Don't be stupid. SOS was replied to. We're here. We've got help now. How's the captain? R Lindsay looks over at you, Tig, and smirks and says, I think the captain's going to be okay. Isaac looks at Lindsay and says, If you don't mind, I would very much like to get to work on the engineering problem. I believe Martha and I can help with that. All right, yeah, let me show you where it all happened. Uh, as we're, before we leave the room, or as we're leaving the room, mm -hmm. I'd like to just glance around one more time, because I'm counting four injured crew and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Do we see a sixth crew member here? Uh, no, you see Captain Gloria Lee, you see Lindsay Smart, you see Shinzu Fukushima, who has been watching all of this from the side, you see Rose, and you see Marion. Okay. So we still have a sixth crew member to, mm -hmm. to see. Okay. All right. Um, actually, I think maybe as we're exiting the mid bay, I might ask Lindsay, um, where's your sixth crew member? So when you ask her that, you see it kind of catches her a little off guard. Like maybe she's a little surprised that you would even know that there was a sixth crew member. Um, but she as she's walking you down the halls she's quiet for a long moment just long enough to give you the impression that something is very wrong and finally she just says Q went out the airlock 
He didn't come back. Was he in a suit? He was. Okay. He, um, we haven't been able to track his transponder ever since he went out. He was taking a look at the hull to see what the damage was on the outside once we detected that there was debris. The ship was in a spin. You think he just flew off? Or floated off? I don't know what happened to him. He stopped responding to comms, and we brought his tether back and he wasn't on the other end of it. I haven't told the others yet. When did that happen? About two days ago. When we were trying to get the gravity back online. Mm -hmm. The ship's spin was a little stronger back then. We had minimal thrust to power. We used what we could to slow the spin as much as we could. And... His life support would have run out about 24 hours ago. Mm. When we get everything back online, I'd like to see if we can locate him. Mm. We can also have our ship do some, just keep an eye out, do some scans. That would be appreciated. Thank you. Course. Door opens, and you all step into a much larger area as she continues to take you back, 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 back to the very rear of the ship. Um, at about that point, when you enter into the engine room, as soon as the door opens, you see in front of you this large, expansive reactor chamber. This is one of two that the ship uses. Um, immediately, you see signs of carnage. It looks like there is a huge blackened scar along the left side of the wall near this giant bulbous technological piece of machinery that cones out from one of the walls of the ship, indicating it's like one half of the engine reactor. It is about four stories tall in here. So it goes straight up to this big ceiling. Um, it, If you can imagine what it must be like size-wise and scope of looking at probably the nose of a submarine entering into the, the the part of the room. And the technological readouts all in here are flickering. You can see it's getting minimal power. But one of the things you also identify, uh, Martha, is this ship is much more advanced than the Ilios. This is a much earlier generation ship. You can see all of the readouts, the technical aspects, the computers in here, much more advanced. Um, as you all step into the room, some of the power flickers to life, indicating that it's acknowledging y'all is here, but the room is largely dark. Lots of shadows cast all over the place. But you can see the area where it looks like there are stains of blood. Um, some of it is spattered up onto the ceiling. Some of it's onto the floor. Um, you can see the truth in what she was saying. This probably happened at about the point where they were in zero G and the ship was in a spin, so it flung everywhere when it was hard to get people to get a tourniquet on in zero G. You can only imagine the mad rush that there must have been to try to save lives in that chaotic event. Uh, but you also see discarded uh, flame fire extinguishers everywhere that have been just kind of latched into place. Um, 
and the tech is just burned up. It looks pretty bad. The engine is indicating that it is currently offline. That's what you see. Isaac looks around and just says, this looks very bad. It does. Okay. Well, let's let's see what we can do, Isaac. Isaac says, I'll do all the hardware if you wouldn't mind helping me with diagnostics. Sure. As you, the two of you branch off and start to analyze what's going on, she folds her arms and watches the two of you. And after a moment of quiet, she finally says, I honestly thought we were going to die out here. I'll leave. It's not going to happen today. I... I can't thank you enough. There should be more people operating this ship, but the company skimped on that. Minimal crew. When an, in, when an incident like this happens, we're completely vulnerable. Sending out a signal into space, just hoping that someone in the universe heard us. We should all be dead. We are lucky you are here. I'm glad that y'all hung in there for four days. Couldn't have been easy. I'll, um, I'll let you work, but uh, if you need me, the comms are working internally. Okay, great. Thank you. She, she walks out. Isaac nods to you and is going to make a heavy machinery check, which Isaac rules at, but I don't have Isaac's talents in front of me, so two. So eight. Let me pull that up real quick. I know Isaac's got some good stuff with this. I have my big, beautiful Comtech dice roll ready. Nice. I finally found my alien dice <gasps> after, so after, after friggin' not having any alien dice for 10 episodes of this game. I finally found them. So I'm rolling often <laughs> tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, there we go. Okay, Isaac, show me. Oh, Sam, you wrote out your talents for me. Thank you. All right. Sweet bean. Strength and do. Really? Common tool used, underpowered airlocks, divert power from electrical junction. Hey, I would allow that. The maintenance jack. Bolt gun, when used as a tool, the bolt gun gives a plus two modification to heavy machinery in relevant situations. Uh, yeah, repair. Putting things back on. So why don't we say, um, I'm going to say maintenance jack because right now it's literally pulling away metal plates that have been fused to the side and gaining access to some of the hardware underneath. Um, okay. So then I'm rolling. Uh, okay. Oh boy. Okay. So two, that's that. And then heavy machinery, which is okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, one sec. That's going to get stunted. Stunted, stunted, stunted. Heavy machinery, uh, half the time. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so Isaac, you see Isaac reach down with these big power tools and start 
kind of using this jack, begin to kind of pry some of the metal plates off the wall and gets it out long enough where this bulky piece of machinery is just not, it's getting getting in the way more than anything else. And Isaac sets it down and with their bare hands reaches down and just peels a metal plate right off with a quick demonstration of incredible strength. Isaac just, just pulls it free and looks at this 200 pound metal plate that they just pulled off and sets it down and then squats down and says, their assessment was correct. It looks like a plasma manifold exploded. It looks like as technologically advanced as the ship is, the internal workings are secondhand, perhaps thirdhand. Cutting corners. They turn and look at you, Martha. I've seen this on Beacon Station in a few places. I've put in some orders in order to make sure that certain parts get replaced, but it's backlogged right now. Sadly, not surprising. Okay. Make a context check, if you would, please, Martha, as you start getting the systems activated and up and going here. <laughs> One, two successes. Two successes. Um, Mother is actually running on low power right now. It looks like... Uh, They've had difficulty, probably the fact that it's easy enough to route power um, through the secondary reactor, which is currently in operation on the other side of the ship. It's been shut down probably because it was act because uh, as a safety protocol, so the ship didn't fly into a dead spin, or rather, I should say, a flat spin on top of everything else. Um, the engine has been shut down, but you can still use the power in the reactor if you want to act to give full power to the vessel. Um, it won't, it'll still require a lot of repair before it's ready to get underway, but you should be able to do it. Um, how many successes did you roll? Two. Two. So yeah, easy enough. You're just fingers tapping on the buttons. Okay. So we can get this set back up, but it sounds like there's some hardware that needs to be repaired first. Isaac nods and says, Yes, I think before any power is distributed to this particular reactor, we should leave it shut off. It'll probably take me 6 to 12 hours to repair this. Okay. Anything I can help with? Tell me your favorite story. <laughs> My favorite story... And pass me that. Okay. I pass it to them. And I kind of hop onto if there's a place to hop onto. Oh, yeah. Plenty of places. You've got the computer in front of you. So you're basically able to monitor what Isaac is doing and to make sure that there's no power fluctuations coming through. Mm -hmm. um, Little Red Riding Hood. Have you heard of that one? Yes. Okay. Uh. Goldilocks and the Three Bears? I'm not familiar with that one. Ooh, okay. It's a good one. Okay, so there's this girl named Goldilocks. And she was very, like, curious about the world or something. I'm not sure what her deal was. Uh, but when she was, like, walking in the woods, and she came upon this house, and she goes in the house, because the door's unlocked, I guess, and she sees three bowls of soup. She tries to eat all of them. She's like, that one's too hot. That one's too cold. That was just right. 
and she drink eats the whole soup that's just right and then she like goes there's one other thing i forgot what the one in the middle is but then she sees their beds and there's one that's like too big too small and then there's one that's just right and she like gets in the bed and takes a nap and then when she wakes up there's like three bears there because she broke into some bear's house and they're like what are you doing in our bed what are you doing in our house and she's like sorry and they lived happily ever after I don't really remember how it ends, to be honest. Oh. Can we make it up? Yeah. What do and you then think happens. I think the bears probably pressed charges for theft. Oh, that's good. I was thinking the bears ate her. Yours is better though, because it's like. But yours is more realistic. Yeah, these are civilized. Yeah. Yeah, but but these are civilized bears, you know, because like bears that live in houses and drink soup from bowls, you know. So they cook her first. There it is. Yeah. That does sound like a fairy tale. They tend to be dark. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. She sounds very rude. I know, right? I wonder why, like, when we were children, they would tell us that story, and they kind of left out the part where she's like trespassing. Like, that that wasn't even, like, the major point of the story. Anybody can hear me come in right away. Can anybody oh. hear me right now? Yeah. Hey, Martha. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Mother just detected a huge energy spike. About 15 minutes incoming. Oh, God. Okay, from what direction? <laughs> what direction? I have no idea. Mothers can't okay. triangulate exactly what it is, but it looks like a huge burst of stellar radiation. Oh, crap. Confirmed. Okay. It looks like a solar flare from a red dwarf about two systems from here. Holy crap. Martha, it's going to hit us. Okay, well, um, I'll alert everybody. we got to just hunker down. Um, that reminds me. Can you do a scan of the immediate area for a floating person in a suit? Yeah. Uh... Sure, yeah, I can do that, uh, but I'm going to have to detach the Ilios. Uh, Doc's not going to like that. Don't worry, I'm going to stick you know, close by, but if these two ships are connected, when that surge hits us, it's going to be like a giant storm. We're going to get... It could seriously damage both ships. Okay. All right. Please tell me you guys have radiation shielding over there. Isaac immediately looks at you kind of curiously. I look at Isaac curiously. <laughs> Isaac says, you should probably scan to see that if the ship has been compromised. Oh, crap. Okay. I get on the computer and look. Okay. Roll me... Uh, well, actually, roll me a contact check with a plus one. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I don't think... I'm just going to roll all my d6. Well, not my stress die. <laughs> oh, wait. I have two more over here. Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, does this involve Mother? Uh, no. Oh, wait. Okay. No, yes, it would. Yes, Mother would okay. be helping you with this. Okay. One. One success. One success, yeah. Uh, so, the hull compromise. You don't know the extent of how badly the hull has been compromised, but you do know that it has been compromised because there is damage on the exterior of the hull, which means this ship is... 
it's it's 50-50. You guys might get dosed. Oh, we should evacuate then. How much time do we have, Jackson? Mother's estimating 15 minutes, but we can't be sure. It could be 15 minutes, it could be 5 minutes. Uh, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Um, hold, uh, hold your position, Jackson, just real quick. I'm gonna open up comms, the internal comms. Okay. And say, uh, XO, you, you hearing me? You hear her come through going, Yes, I hear you. What's going on? Okay, is my captain, are you with my captain? Uh, yes, he's right here. The doctor? Okay, yeah, I just want you both to, you all to hear, um, and our pilot on our ship said there's a 15 minutes or less there's a huge energy spike coming our way from a solar flare uh we don't have much time but we need to figure out what to do it looks like the hull on this ship has been compromised i don't think it's medically safe for us to stay on this ship i don't know if we can move these patients right now there's no way we can do it in less than 15 minutes yeah Is there any... keeping in Keeping in mind, it's going to take a full shift for you guys to complete the task that y'all have, yeah, y'all have rolled for. In the middle of, yeah, we're like in the middle of partial surgery right now. Mm -hmm. Exo, is there any part of the ship that's fortified that maybe we could hunker down in? She, there's a moment and she says, I would need to know exactly which portion of the ship has been damaged. Oh, okay. I can work on that. I can try to figure that out. Isaac looks at you, Marth, and says, the only way to get an idea of exactly which part has been damaged if we can't use Mother is to go outside. Well, can't Jackson do a scan or something? I don't want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isaac says, I can do it. Uh, Isaac, this is something that could hurt you too. The storm could hurt me. Uh, radiation shouldn't be as much of a problem. Okay. 15 minutes means we mean to need to make a decision quickly. Okay. Captain, um, thoughts? If Isaac believes that they can do it and they're volunteering, then Isaac, I wish you the best that you come back here. That's an order. Isaac nods, sets down the tools, and immediately runs towards the airlock all the way down the corridor. Heavy feet as Isaac just, like, books it all the way down the length of the ship until they reach the airlock where the EVA suits and immediately begins to suit up. Outside, you can see that Isaac is about to step out into space during a spin with an oncoming solar flare that is about to slam into the both vessels. And as Isaac is suiting up, you can see the, the umbilical to the Ilios begin to pull away as O'Donnell, for the safety of both ships, begins to detach. That is where we are going to leave tonight's game. Isaac, that'll be okay or I'm killing everybody. <laughs> Part of this place to the ground if anything happens. Protect Isaac. I just know that Sam would have said, me, I will do it. I will fist fight everybody, even the aliens, if anything happens to Isaac. <laughs> oh. All right, y'all. Emergency situation. 
a burst of stellar radiation from a red dwarf star nearby is on its way and it's going to collide with both vessels. Isaac is about to do a quick rush assessment on the hull of this ship and try to make it back inside before the solar flare slams into this area of space. Um, we're going to find out what happens next Monday night. For the rest of you who have joined us, thank you so much for coming back and joining us with this episode of Beacon. We will see you next Monday night at the same time, and we'll have Isaac with us then, too. <laughs> but until then, my friends, sleep well.